Let's go. All right. Air horn. What's up, everybody? All right. Another Tuesday. Just me and you. All of you. Uh, in the studio together. We've got Kyle's on vacation still. Um, I'm waiting on him. I'm waiting on a on a callback. Uh, I believe. Not sure if he's going to be making it with us, but um, I want to thank everybody else for making it on time. Four o'clock. It's four o one. I see people uh, still still trickling in here um, in the back. Uh, you know, this has been a really really great off season, with the small exception of the fact that. It's been pretty quiet. Um, you know, one of the things... <laughs> love that you guys all love the air horn. And Joe Ryan, I think, Joe, I think your, uh, your, your clock is off. Okay? It was four when we went live on my end. Now, it might have been four and like 50 seconds. But we were rolling before 4.01. So, anyway... Um, Again, thank you all uh, for tuning in here on Tuesday. Uh, we've got some some cool news. Uh, one of the biggest exciting pieces of news that I do want to share with you is how well the charity raffle is going right now. Um, uh, just before the show, I checked. I can double check again here. I don't know if I have access actually to it on this computer, but we are at the. We just crossed the four thousand dollar mark. I think we were just at it, and I think I just saw that someone else. Bought another raffle ticket. Uh, so big thanks to everybody who's supporting the raffle. I'm actually going to go directly at the end of this show. Um, this is another cool bit of news. It's right as soon as this show is over, I'm pinning it straight down to meet with one of the board members of the Boys and, Cl uh, Boys and Girls Club here in San Diego to buy a bunch of gifts. Um, so this will be fun. It'll be like a supermarket sweep, I think, pretty much. So um, last year we donated physical hard good gift gifts. Um, this year we're going to do the same thing. Now you can obviously just donate the cash. Um, but there is something to, you know, this guy needed some help anyway, driving all the toys and all the gifts out to the Boys and Girls Club. So um, I said, I told him how much we were going to do to donate. And uh, and he um, he was like, oh. And I said, I can come down there and help you uh, do everything. And, um, you know, if you guys need to use my car too, we can throw some stuff in there. He's like, yeah, probably we might need a pickup truck. So uh, really exciting stuff. I really want to appreciate, i uh, say thank you to everybody who supported this. We've got a ton of really killer big gifts. Uh, James from Island Designs has got a special signature Island Designs uh, Hormesis headband that comes like the first 15 of them are going to come with numbered shirts. He's got this like cool little deal here. So he's selling most of those, but he just threw in a couple extra. So we've got extra gifts. Also, shout out to Archie Ryan and the guys at Project. We've got some Project Paintball goodies arrived at my house. So we're going to be giving away, um, adding to the pile of gifts uh, out there. So um, you know, some of you guys might be winning a, a little Project Strap and Hat combo, courtesy of Project Paintball. So thank you guys very much there. Um, also, uh, the the grand prize winner is going to be getting one of these collab bands right here with uh, with a little Tigerwear uh, 713 Feds. You're going to be getting a Hormesis headband and a signed Greenspan jersey. I'll throw in a Project Strap also because we got an extra one of those. So you're going to be getting uh, dialed in with a big package of goodies. Actually, I could even uh, and then I've got I've got an extra one of my uh, mother's the little the Lonnie the Paintball Mom series. Yeah, she actually donated this one herself, mainly because she said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. 
Uh, she tried to wear one of them in the garden, but she didn't really understand. Um, she also kept calling it Hermes. So, you know. She's not into the paintball thing very much, you know? So, uh, anyway, we've got a ton of cool prizes and gifts. Obviously, Gen X uh, uh, gifts as well. So, really stoked for everybody who were, uh, uh, sorry, who, who donated and is, um, you know, taking part. Also, I've got some of these little cards. If you've won anything in the past, I actually just sent out a Matty Marshall call, call uh, card, and he is on the uh, the docket to call here, um, pretty pretty soon here. He's got a, a four p a four forty hard stop time. Look at this, and this is the next card in the deck. So if someone wins something tonight, they're gonna get the Greenspan card. Just kind of pull it off the top. I think there's a Lang card in here too. Did I already give that one away? I got John Richardson's. I got the Yak Max. Shout out to Bart and the Yak Max as well. Bart uh, helped out a lot to uh, to to get all those donations out to Maui. Um, so also, Doctor Despair, you need to send me your address because you won on the show last week, and I wasn't able to send you anything because I don't have your address for some reason. So just as a reminder to everybody that we need your addresses. So, uh, yeah, just as a reminder. Um, let's see, other news and announcements. I'm calling Maddie right now as this comes up. So the charity is going great. Uh, we've got some moves. We've got some news. We've got some moves that aren't, being, aren't happening, aren't being made right now, despite big, fat cash offers. I want to talk to you guys about that. And then I also want to get your opinion. Does Dynasty need to pick anybody up? Um, and they do have a troll card. They do have a Thomas Taylor the troll card. But, um, Maddie, we just talked on the phone. Said I was calling you. If you're watching the show, I'm calling you right now. Hello? Okay, Maddie's unavailable. <laughs> um, but, uh, we'll get, we'll get him, get him back. And, and we'll, let's give, we'll give, we'll give Alex a call. We'll give, um, uh, we'll give, we'll give Alex a call as well. And no paint. These are not a sleeve of Zins. Actually, these are Nectars. Nectar just came out with a new flavor as well. Um, I threw a couple of these things out there. I needed a, I need to, I need to boost you guys a little bit more on, on these. Um, make everybody a little bit more. These are the nectar pouches. There he is. There he is. I don't do the tobacco thing. These aren't, these are, these are tobacco. Yes, sir. What up? Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Let me get you here. Booyah. Oh, where's your head? There you are. Uh oh. Maddie is unavailable. Quote. What? Where'd you go? Right here, dude. Can you see me? No. What just happened? I don't know. I can see you. Everything seems fine on my end. Huh. Let's see. Where is Maddie? Nope. Right here, bro. All right, here. Hang up on me. Hang I'm going to call you back. Okay. Call me back. All right. Okay. Here he is. That should be good. There he is. All right. Good. Yo. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on. Not much. We're just uh, just going over the you know the the mid um, you know just the, the conversation at the beginning of the show to ta to talk about what's going on. Um, yeah. And what's what's been happening? Um, not a lot. And we were talking about how uh, how quiet this off season's been. All things considered, yeah, right? I mean, there's stuff happening. It's just not there yet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, sure. Yes, exactly. There, there is, there is a, a lot of stuff going. I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you right here next to me. Right there. Look at that. I'm going to blow you up. I'm going to blow you up. Blow you up here. 
So, um, yeah, there there has been a lot of stuff going down, but not like not like last year, not like the year before, right? Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, it's just that sometimes things happen at a certain pace. And other times things take a little bit longer. So we're kind of in that situation right now. So set my phone up. There we go. There we go. Uh, I, I do believe that this will be a little bit, <laughs> we'll see. But I, I think that the, this offseason, you know, we've had a, a, some money teams, you know, Saints coming in uh, two years ago as a money team was big. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then last year with AC Diesel coming in, Mark Johnson uh, as a money team. And what I, what I mean by that is, is, is sure. that you have a you know somebody that wants to come in with a strong financial hand and try to poach players. Um, and that's you know welcome to pro sports. That's how everything is. I mean, as a Padres fan, I'm incredibly saddened by the news that Shohei Otani has gone to the enemy. Uh, the Dodgers and deferred a large portion of his of his uh, of his salary. Dude, that video you sent me today was was so spot on. That was as good as it gets, man. That was that Dude. was hilarious. Yeah, that guy absolutely crushed it. Uh, <laughs> so what, we're, what Ryan and I are talking about is uh, somebody had put together a, a little. I don't. know, He might have used AI because or a guy that sounds just like Leonardo DiCaprio, and. Uh, um, and and did a version of the Wolf of Wall Street uh, where put in the Otani and, and if, if people aren't aware, essentially Shohei Otani, the greatest uh, baseball player in the past 100 years, maybe ever, to be honest. Really? Um, yeah, he's that good. Um, if he recovers from Tommy John surgery and can pitch again, because his pitching numbers and his hitting numbers to combined, and the fact that he was an elite pitcher and an elite uh, hitter is just incredibly impressive and kind of unprecedented since Babe Ruth. Um, and, and I'm going to be frank about this and Babe Ruth did not have to play against uh, black or Hispanic people and the black and Hispanic people are really, really good at baseball. Um, so Babe Ruth had a lot easier road than everyone has had since, you know, God bless mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Shohei Otani is the real deal. Um, and he's getting paid $70 million a year but he deferred everything but $2 million a year for 10 years so they could stack their team up. It's a genius move, apparently suggested by Otani. Um, but anyway, yeah. Because he's probably got a ton of loot. Yeah, so he's, look, the, there, you know, he, he actually wasn't really getting paid. Like, this was his big payday. Right. So he, when he, you know, the Japanese players that come over and get into the, Ameri- you know, the American baseball scene, um, they're, depending on how their contract was structured and what age they were when they came over. It's complicated. It's like a Byzantine labyrinth, but, um, so whatever, he's definitely rich already. Uh, that dude has going to be, I mean, he's going to be, you know, he's literally set. richer than a Sultan, um, just based off of, uh, um, off of the um, amount of advertising revenue he's going to pull in in Asia because, mm-hmm. you know, he is indeed a baseball God and he should get, be getting paid all that money. But, um, but it, because he's already rich, um, though not generationally rich and a billionaire. Um, but if he plays his cards right here, I mean, no, no one in his family is going to have to work for like four or five generations if they don't squander the money. Um, but it, and, it, and it gives the Dodgers a huge advantage. Anyway, dude, yeah, I can run out about baseball for a while. But, Matty uh, loves baseball. Yeah. 
you know, it's just sports in general are fascinating to me. The business behind it, um, the, you know, the media side of it, the actual games themselves. It, it's just, it just fascinates me. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, like, yeah, you know, you could pay, they could pay $700 million over the course of 10 years to this one person, this one player. And, uh, you know, we're over here like, all right, hey, you want to come play with us? So we're going to pay for your airfare, um, hotel, rental car, obviously. You got to pay for your own food, but we will give you $200 per diem uh, and then three guns. For yeah, the, well, for the year. The, the, that's a, there's a very simple and blatant and easy I explanation know, I know. for all that. Mm-hmm. And the difference is about 140 years and five or six generations, depending on how you want to count it. It is fascinating <laughs> that if you go back and look at the history of baseball, you know, baseball got popular, well, depends on how you define popularity, but uh, it became a thing around the Civil War. Civil War actually helped kind of spread baseball around the United States. And then... Uh, Late 1800s, early 1900s is when, when it started to kind of find its current form. There's lots of discussion there, but there was, you know, situations like imagine if you, you know, just like now, if somebody grows up. I had this had this conversation with my parents. I'm sure you did with your mom as well, too, where they're like, you want to be a pro baseball or a paintball player? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about, dude? Like, how are you going to get paid? But, uh, but if you go back, there are instances where you would have these, you know, farm boys they would go to their you know, parents that are from whatever, doesn't matter what stock they were from, but from the old country somewhere who you know, came up you know, doing normal things. And all of a sudden, you get to play a game for a living. I mean, that's and, and, and also, it was, a lot of it was you would have like a factory owner who would start a, a, a baseball club. And then he kind of like how Whit Pierce used to do, our, our, our buddy, you know, like when he was traveling around. Yeah, yeah. He'd be getting paid to play, you know, quote unquote, pro baseball in Austria or Australia, but the guy that owned his team um, would also be, you know, like I was a man of means and he had ability to give a job doing something else. So, you know, that is just kind of how that's part of the evolution of all sports, um, all pro sports in the you know modern era. Uh, but yeah, so we're just, we're kind of there, you know, that's just, uh, Again, I, yeah, I don't know where you. I know we had a list of things you wanted to talk to me about. I don't know how much you want me to kind of go down. Yeah, I mean, we don't need it. The, the base, the baseball thing was it was a quick little anecdote. I, I, I think we can. I think we've. I think we've. Uh, you know, I think we've milked the ba- the baseball thing long enough. Well, but, but the thing is, is that you know, because uh, no, but I understand. Just, I understand that. Just the, real quick, though. Just real quick. This is a point to keep in mind. This mm-hmm. is a period at the end of a sentence or mm-hmm. almost like a paragraph change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the sense that every it's a pause. Okay. And everyone needs to pause and think, where the fuck are we actually here in, in this progression of professional paintball, right? So, um, and in the sense that, you know, it, it, you see these huge money moves of these other huge uh, sports, and they're just at such a different economy of scale, but it also a different point in their evolution in the, in the, the consciousness of, 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 the, of a normal citizen. Um, you know, because baseball, football, you know, so- soccer, aka football, you know, call it what it is over the rest of the world. But <laughs> you know, these pl- these things are, you know, they they have taken over the human mind in a way that it's there constantly, and people want to know everything and you know that that's, that exists about these people that play it, and that's kind of that's what we're you know trying to get to at some point in time. Again, that's but th- we just have to be realistic about where we actually are. So where we actually are, for a large percentage of, of 
you know, of pro paintball players is, yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, I, there's some guys out there playing divisional right now. Listen to this. Like if, dude, I'll take 10 guns and free paintball all day, every day, twice on Sundays, mm-hmm. you know, so because they're paying a lot more than that. So it's just, uh, but that's its own long, lengthy conversation. No, I feel, I feel you. And, and look, it, it comes down to like, the acceptance, the and, and and I think ease of play is a thing. Like how how, how everybody can how digestible everything is. Because I there's a bunch of people now uh, in the comments uh, yapping about how overpaid some guys are, and hockey's better than this, soccer's better than that, football's better than this, coaches of of high college football are better than that. Like so, and 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 there's you know it's a lot, it's a lot. There's a lot to to, to that's a whole. That's a whole we other. We do a whole camp. show, yeah, on that, yeah. Just in and of itself, mm-hmm. and I'd be down to to field any questions from the you know from the chat, um, you know. But the the concept of you know I, you have to be careful with the concept of of quote unquote overpaid. We live in a market economy, in mm-hmm. the Western world. Yeah, this is a you know and that's a whole other conversation. But this is a capitalistic society. What does overpaid mean? Did your wife overpay for her purse? Did you overpay for the diamond ring you bought your wife? Did you overpay for your house? Things cost what they cost based on what people are willing to pay for them. Yeah. That's how the market works. And and that's so, exactly that's exactly what we talked about a while ago. And the same thing, and this will be the next I guess we can pivot straight into this next discussion is like we talked about this when, you know, oh the the my the pro spot is worth this much. The pro spot is worth this much. Is worth what someone's gonna pay for it. That might be a ton or a little. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hear that conversation. I've listened to many of these conversations over the years. Um, Sorry, I'm setting setting the camera up a little bit better. But, yeah, I mean, what is the pro spot worth? What is everything worth? It's it's worth what you're going to pay for. Exactly. The answer to that question is always, what is somebody willing to pay for it? Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. know, what is a one-of-one the only thing that's left over? Like, I don't even know if one of these exists or even if you ever had one. But, like, let's just say you had an Iron Kid Sandana from 98, or I'm sorry, from 99, mm-hmm. and it was the, it's all tattered, and it's the only one left. No one's ever going to make another one of these things. You know, like, what is that worth? Well, you, you could sit there and say, well, to me, you know, this is why you have a lowest bid in an auction. It's like, I'm at the, my reserve price is $1,000, you know, like, in the sense that I, I'm willing to part with this for $1,000, always a buyer and a seller. You know, whether that's labor or a product. Right. And so you have this one-on-one thing and then what are you, you know, okay, I'm willing to part with it for this. And if it doesn't hit my reserve price, I'm not selling it because I'm going to sit on it because I don't need the money. Yeah. You know, so then, okay, but it's worth, if somebody wants to pay $5,000 for that and then some other guy's like, no, to me it's worth $6,000. It's worth whatever the market will bear, whatever somebody is willing to pay for something. So, yeah. with you know, you can't even, the question, what is a, a pro spot worth the answer is whatever anyone's willing to pay for it. If it's zero, then it's worth nothing. If it's fifty thousand dollars, then it's and because and someone's willing to pay for it. There's not a lot of pro spots out there, man. There's twenty pro teams in the NXL slash Major League Paintball. It is a finite commodity, and there's hundreds of people that want to get in eventually in their dreams to play pro paintball, and so it's kind of worth whatever people are willing to pay for it. So whatever that happens to be at this particular time, thirty, forty, fifty grand, twenty five grand. Also depends on the deal that's worked out and how those the relationship between those two parties, you know. But that's just the, the answer. The simple answer is that whatever people are willing to pay for it, you know. So show, you yeah. know, what's Shohei Otani best 
generational talent in baseball. He's currently worth seven hundred million dollars. So now it's now set a certain metric. You know, it, it just this is just this is just how the fucking world works, man. Like you That's either true. get mad at that and pissed at it, or you just accept it and work within those confines. Yeah, and it, things get a lot better when you work within the confines. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just like our Spick and Span memberships that some of you might uh, might see populating up here on your on your screen. It's we, we created three different, four different levels there because you know it's you have you have an, you have something for everybody. It's what uh, you find value in in those uh, in those and the level of support you'd like to give to the show to to afford to to buy cool things like uh, new microphones and cameras to make crispy crispy uh, uh, pictures happen here. Um, but um, but speaking of speaking of this is actually well two questions popped up and before i get um get too far away from uh, bfp gear's question uh did you get a chance to look over there uh you didn't need a green light for the dynasty video there's a killer dynasty video yeah yeah no i know uh sorry junior if you're listening i'll hit you back <laughs> i've been completely uh taking care of my child and trying to work on this uh excuse me this ghost sports project and this voiceover i'm actually literally you know talking about rad dynasty is right now along with Revo Impact and the Tauntaun. Um, but I will get back to you as soon as I can. It's probably fine, but I'm just double-checking. And then there's actually usually a beep after that. That's when Matt, that's Maddie's voicemail right there. That's the recording. <laughs> and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Beep! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I look, I, I can't be everything to everyone at, at, at all times. Well, I appreciate I you, carving, you carving out a little time here to, to chat with us about, uh, about baseball. And um, <laughs> and well, just the intricacies of of of, of life in general. Uh, so look, here's a here's a question, and this is going to be two part because we got in the pits ask a really good question about pro contract. But in the pits, yeah, they're 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 crushing. Um, and uh, everything that you you've you've been a big uh, uh, promoter of this, but like anybody making any kind of paintball content, especially on a regular basis. Bravo. Yes. We've got a ton of people doing it right now and it's getting bigger and better. And so, uh, especially, you know, in an off season type thing where there's more and more stuff, this is, this is awesome. Um, okay. So let's see what, um, whew, okay. Uh, so allegedly, allegedly, um, there was, let's just, I'm going to throw up this graphic. Let me see if, if, if Kyle's gotten back to me. I think he's sleeping right now because it's pretty early. So allegedly, Mouse was offered $100,000 cash to play with, uh, I believe, the Russians, possibly, allegedly. Okay. Now, again, I don't have 100% confirmation about this, but this is just kind of stuff that I've heard. So, And what this is, is what I'm getting at is, what do you think the value is for some players to leave a scenario or situation and what kind of deters you? And then in the pits question, what we kind of talk about all this is, do you think pro contracts should be made public? Uh, I'll get to the in the pits conversation in a second. Yeah. Is this, is this Christian from in the pits? Uh, it's just in the pits. Uh, it doesn't say who's, uh, who's, who's, um, Who's man in the station? Who's 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 behind the behind okay, the keyboard? So I'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. um, the the first part of the question is, is that, well, okay. I have I have heard some rumors as well too. Uh, mm -hmm. They would indicate that I don't think that that is quite the number that I heard, but whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, mm -hmm. the sense is again. When you were talking, like, Mouse has been batted around as the top-tier talent. And when I say batted around, meaning, like, you got 
this dude who runs this team and this guy that runs this team and this guy that runs this team and and he's been in the midst of a bidding war and when you're in a bidding war again you know to you know, take the example of say a one of one uh ryan greenspan iron kids headband from 99 that you want to like a tournament in portland with or something um that's not good that doesn't exist anywhere else mouse doesn't exist anywhere else now uh-huh. there are other players that can kind of do what he does but can they do it at his level well that's a conversation uh, most days they can't. That's I think unarguable. And because that specific inc- that you know discussing the you know the merits of one particular player, that's in the minds of most of his peers and most of the people that have the money and most of the people that run these institutions of these teams. You know, if you're worth that money, it's like well, that's a force multiplier. If we get Mal's force force multiplier, now did it work out for AC Diesel this year? It did not. But that doesn't mean that Mouse isn't still a top tier, you know, snake one talent. Mm-hmm. And he probably could languish on a team that didn't do well for a couple seasons. And, and until he gets fat and slow and stops killing people on a regular basis, then, you know, yeah, he's going to have a, a, a really big price on his head as a mercenary that, and he's also proven, and this is no, no yeah. this is not a knock to Mouse. Uh, but you know, he's proven that he's, you know, he's a mercenary dude. Like if you want to pay him a bunch of money, he doesn't just go to anybody, but he will, you know, go to a team for money because what is he? He's a professional paintball player. If you're a graphic designer and you got a job and you, you know, love your coworkers and you love the company and you love the mission and you're getting paid 90 grand a year and another company that you also love the, you know, the people you're working with and you love the mission of that company, if they come to you. And they're going to give you 130 grand. Well, you kind of be foolish not to take that 100 that 130 grand. Now, so, he, now, real quick, real quick, and this is kind of the the title of the show. I'll uh, I'll, I'll put it up here a little bit so we can get a little refresher. So, just to challenge that, like, what makes it worth it? Is it worth it? So, what if I, you don't like? I mean, it's obviously have, personal, right? No, it's a well, personal again, thing. I have this conversation. I've had this conversation. And a lot of people in the know know this, uh, in the know know this, but I have a lot of these conversations with people throughout the years um, in the off season, and I have a pretty simple, it, to me it's a hierarchy, it's like, it's like the hierarchy of need. So if, when I have a conversation with somebody and they want my advice, because there's, there's no old men to consult on this. We are the old men in this situation. Mm-hmm. As far as, you know, having, if you want to build a house, you can hire whatever you want to put together a couch or something you can go and figure out like there's been a million couches built uh probably billions and billions of couches built <laughs> you can figure out somebody that knows how to do that not a lot of winning pro paintball teams have been built uh in the modern era yeah so, sort of go to this i've had this conversation with many people the question i always ask people is the very first thing i say to them is like do you need the money you know it's a very it's a simple very frank question because if you're sleeping on your mom's couch and you're 25 years old and then you need the money is going to change is going to drastically change your financial situation then you would be a fool not to take that and another thing i never do is i never ever tell anyone unless it's blatantly obvious what they should do that's not what an advisor does you give Mm -hmm. people options and 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 you paint different pictures and they have to make that own decision because they're grown ass man um but and sometimes it's blatantly obvious more than others. But most of the time it's not, and because you know when we're talking about a paintball team, a pro paintball team, there's not like, you know, this is you're not going to be living in your, you know, in your trophy mansion, driving your trophy car, and have generational wealth. At the end of the day, 
uh, even if you are getting paid for this, uh, if you are, unless you're in the top 1%, so 200 pro players, maybe it's a little bit more than 1%, but you're barely going to scrape by. So, how bad do you need the money? Mm-hmm. If their answer is, I don't need the money, well, then to me, the next the next thing I say to them is, I'm like, look, as somebody that's already gone through this, and I teams that I was on had offers to go to other teams, it wasn't the money with that it's dealing with right now by any stretch of the imagination, but could have gone and played different places. At the end of the day, when this is all done, you get this is all about the story you're going to tell yourself. Yeah, sure, you're going to tell it to others, but you're going to tell the story to yourself. Yeah. And what story do you want to tell? That's the question, you know. So, and 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 and, and if it, if it's close, if it's close to it, where it's like, okay, well, yeah, I do, you know, dude, an extra 20, 30 grand, forty grand would be great for me. Um, whatever, ten grand, ten guns, whatever, that would be great. But it's not completely a difference maker. I'm like, okay, well, do you want to stay with the team you came up with, play every single point, or and that's hard in its own way, or do you want to go to a top level team, potentially not play at all? Mm-hmm. And then and and spend two or three years languishing in oblivion on the bench filling pots because that is also a reality. So what do you want to do? What do you, yeah you know the, there that is your two those are your these are your roads. You can play every point and be the man. That comes with its own problems and awesome things as well. Or do you take this other road where you may not play a point because if you don't earn it because you're playing with a bunch of you know alpha male lions out there who are already proven to win. And you may not be able to crack into that starting line, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, what do you, again? Where do you want to go with this? This is, and that's kind of that's the harder yeah. part of the decision. So, is it like worth it? You know, dude, that's it's yeah, that's I know. about the most objective thing you could say. You know, yeah, or I know. Most objective question you could ask because that's going to be different for anyone. If it if you're 22 years old and you're living on your mom's couch and someone's going to pay you fifteen thousand dollars to play paintball and which will pay your rent. So then you can get your, get your ass in gear and then that will can, you know, be a, a you know, a springboard to, to put you in a better position. You'd be a fucking fool not to take that. If no, if the other option is paying, you know, five grand a year to play on some divisional team, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, just saying. And then, but if, it, if you're a 28 or 33 year old man with a family or whatever, and you already got a regular ass job and someone's going to give you 20 grand to play paintball, it's like, well, yeah, dude, 20 grand would be sweet, but right. I mean, maybe, maybe I want to go play for Dynasty for less, you know, less, because it's Dynasty or, or Infamous or whatever, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah, do you want to play for a top or a bottom? Yeah, stay with my boys with my and boys. them up to be a pro team and be a paintball legend that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's, it's like, what, that's the story, it's the venture, it's yeah. the... Well, that's the important part of it. Yeah, honest. and actually, that's that's uh, that's a really good point that you put there, and I think legacy has a lot to do with it. Is is there, and is that even a, is that even important to some people? Um, is that something you want to try to create? Do you want to be on a winning team? Do you want to team? Be, do you want to help a team propel? Because you know, let's let's look at the the case in in question right now. Is you know, if Mouse is getting paid, I'm sure a lot of money right now, and then he's getting offered a lot of money by Russians who who uh, objectively had a horrible start to the season, but somehow were able to, something was to click, and they started, they began to play a lot better. I believe they have an open spot. Well, they definitely have an open spot on their team right now, and they're looking to fill it with one player. And then, and then, you know, I, I think 
I I just I think Diesel was going to do better at every single time I, they walked on the field. It's like it just didn't nothing made sense to me on how they didn't do well and they underperformed. Underperformance that was uh, is like an understatement on on how their season went. But going to a team like the Russians at this point, I believe would be an upgrade and possibly get you some wins. But right there, you're not really playing with your friends. You're getting wins possibly and getting paid. There's another part, at least for I don't, and I haven't talked to Mouse about this, but Mouse is also reaching a point in his career where, like, does he just want to be that soldier, or does he want to be a part of leadership? And there's like a little, uh, you know, it's you got paint. There's as Kendrick Lamar says, there's levels to everything. Um, so there's there's levels to this, and you you know reach a point where you know does he want to? How long can he be the one? He's definitely. I mean, there's certain dudes like Billy Bernatch has proven that you can be the one for a long period of time. I mean, Mouse, too, he's done it for a long time, but it be- does beat your body up. He's also proven that he can play a little farther back. But it's like, what does he want to do? You know, what is, what's in his soul? What, is, you know, what, what, what adventure does he want to have next? Obviously, wherever he goes, he's going to get paid. But the conversation is a little bit more cut. And it's a, I wouldn't say it's not simple, but it's like we're talking about one guy. You know, where it's like if you go on to have this conversation for a lot of other instances, and which is a, a much more common phenomenon, um, with different, you know, guys that aren't at Mouse's tier. I mean, Mouse is the most coveted first snake attacker and has been for a long period of time, and he has gotten paid as, uh, you know, because he is that human being. Uh, but you know, it's it's yeah, it's just a, what does he? Where does he want to go with this? How long does he want to be in that position? He can play another position. Obviously, he's getting paid. Um, but there's but yeah, sure, you know, okay, on paper. With Legion being 11th and Diesel 13th, sure, that's <laughs> technically an upgrade. But both Legion and Diesel underperformed. And if you're uh, a team that is at that level of you know, potential ability, you, you ha- kind of have to look at these, these finishes. I mean, dude, Legion took second to last at the first event. And then they went 11th, 15th, 6th, and 8th. So they finished it off a lot better, whereas Diesel was, you know, below mediocre for their level the all year long where they were 12th 13th 8th 11th and 15th mm-hmm. so you know i mean you sure we can split hairs and see and say okay yeah slight upgrade to go to legion but also uh i mean legion is you know the one of the most legendary teams ever and the core of that team is insanely good i always talk about it all the time when anyone watches the show where if you have cars lev Sergey Sonaisko, Alexander Burnikov, and Kuro Pretty on, on, the, on the field. Well, whoever even you know, whoever they put in that fifth position, unless they're absolutely terrible, that team still probably should be pretty good. Yeah. You know? Um, but that just also goes to show you how important it is to have five competent, amazing K ball players on the field if you want to be elite status. You know, that's a case in point year this right now to what just happened to Legion this year. Um, and if you go back a couple years when they had five with with, with Leo Smoltrov out there. Add that in as the fifth. All right. Well, now they're they're a, a you know a potential favorite to win any event they play in. So that's exactly how important it is to have five elite paintball players on the field, and not one player does a team make. So you know when you're throwing money at at people, you gotta also you have a budget in mind. You gotta keep that into consideration as well too. Again, going back to the Shohei Otani thing. Yeah, sure. He's he knows he's very cognizant of the fact that he is this elite guy. But he, the re, I think one of the reasons he deferred his salary is, one, he's already rich. And he's going to continue to get and just print money every year because he's arguably the most famous human being in all of Asia. 
when it comes to he is the most famous human being when it comes to baseball. He's one of the most famous human beings, period. So he's just going to print money on anything he wants to endorse for as long as he plays the game. And even after that, he'll still be a force in marketing. So his, his family's going to be fine even if he never gets a dime from the Dodgers. He'll still be rich as hell. Mm-hmm. But he wants legacy. You just ask, well, what is the legacy mm-hmm. mean? Okay, legacy to some people means a lot more than it does to others. Sure. And to, and obviously to Otani, his legacy means so much to him that he's willing to defer <laughs> fucking a, you know, a uh, Saturn-sized chunk of money for 10 years, dude. That's insane. Why? Because he wants to win. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, that's why it would be hard. To, how are you going to leave Dynasty right now? Not you personally or anybody. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, dude, Chris Shear's a talent. I mean, people have been throwing money at Marcelo for fucking five ten years you know like you've gotten more offers probably than i mean if if people you know like you've gotten more offers probably than almost anybody and even though people know you'll never go you know like other than maybe a couple other guys but it's like and you said no every time okay so obviously to you legacy is the you know is is incredibly important and it's more it's like also are we thinking fast or are we thinking slow right you know there's a really good book up here in my library called thinking fast and thinking slow everybody check it out it's like what are we doing are thinking fast are we thinking slow you know you've been thinking uh, slow about this and that is a you know nod to you and to a guy like marcelo or any of these other guys that kind of take this long look at things um but sometimes you know because it, it is just you know paintball bro like we're not there yet so it does make sense to kind of take that money if you can get it but again these are the, these are the intricacies of this conversation that i think is fascinating yeah, that I mean that, and that's true, and I, I think a lot of people are really, really stoked on on that, uh, listening to and understanding it, you know. And again, I think one of the biggest parts is, and you've said it since the beginning, is is this life changing? Is this going to move the needle for you, or are you just doing it for a couple extra bucks? And I think that a lot of players don't zoom out on that picture often enough and they're like, oh, I can get a little bit better of a deal over here, and then they'll burn bridges and things just won't pan out and then you're like oh i'm just gonna go for a little bit more here or over there and and what ends up happening is you're not really understanding the big picture and then next thing you know you're sitting there at the end of your career with no wins and not like not enough there's no credibility to your name either either you know it's a um it's it's a bummer that some people can't really do that. But again, I don't know what's life-changing for some people and others. And there is there is a you know a big significant amount of gray area there on what we know what's happening behind the scenes and what they do. Um, yeah. So that's that's something. Um, I I know you got to go um, relatively soon, but we get somewhere on Maddie time, so we can squeeze a couple extra minutes out of uh, out of this. So um, with that being said, and on to this one is is. Do you think Dynasty should pick anybody up? Um, and if so, if so, you know, obviously, you got to take a significant pay cut unless we're grabbing rookies. And there, a lot of people have said something about rookies. And we we found we we found Mikey. Well, we didn't find him. He was playing on uh, on DMG, and uh, and we snagged him. But uh, or was he on level or evolution? I think he played on both of them. Anyway, what, yeah. Well, you guys are in an incredibly unique position. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a singular position. No one else. I mean, it would be there are other institutions in sports that, depending on where you grew up, could carry the weight of a San Diego dynasty in the game of paintball. And it would be foolish of you guys for not to leverage that situation. But also, you have to be careful because, and I know you know at some point in time, even though you're 
you know, you, I don't know how much longer you got to do this, but you're haven't lost a step, you know? So, and you look at how certain guys have played on your team. I mean, look at Arturo, like he's just coming into his own, um, you know, drawing the start at, uh, at world cup and he's not as old as you guys are, but paintball is a, is kind of a grown person's game at this point, you know, because, uh, because of the way that it works. Uh, yeah, being nimble and small and fast and aggressive is, that's great. We would love all those things. But so you guys have a core that can continue to do this. But as far as the question, should Dynasty pick anybody up? Well, there's a lot that goes into that because it, you are at the stage where it's like, all right, well, we have to build for the future because what happens, you know, you guys own field one. Field one needs a, you know, needs a, a, a focal point for it, its uh, sponsorship attention. And, and it would be super sad if Dynasty ever stopped. You know, if, if you retire, Yosh retires, uh, and Alex retires, what happens then? You know, now, again, this is something for a different a discussion for a different year in its finality. But it is absolutely something that needs to be discussed when we're having the conversation of, you know, should Dynasty pick anybody up right now? So with how well Arturo played at World Cup... Can he slot right in there on the snake side? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Mikey Mikey didn't get a ton of playing time because Arturo was playing so well. And Mikey has been, you know, again, this is no discredit to Mikey. This is just part of being in that position. Um, a little hit or miss in there. That's fine because he's so good that I think that's a great pickup for impact. Um, even though, you know, because it's going to press Zupa and they don't have to make, are they going to pull JC over there? Again, the, the different discussion, like it's been a while I don't have forever. I think actually Morgan Mido just got home, my wife. Hold on. <laughs> okay, we're good. We actually are good now because I, my my mom is watching Monty, and I was waiting for Morgan to get home. And if that, those did not coincide and slide <laughs> and dovetail together, then I was gonna have to go. We got. We were just mom, saved, Maddie. Saved by well, the my, wife and my mom. mom. Just had cataract surgery, so she can't drive in the dark, and it is getting dark out here in San Diego. <laughs> so I was not trying to have my mom drive home in the darkness. Mom, um, I gotta be anyway. on the Speak and Span show a little bit longer uh, at the uh, at expense of your of your safety and well well being. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're we're good. Um, okay. But uh, uh, but yeah. So so yeah. Should Dynasty pick anybody up? Um, the need is not. Press is not so pressing that it's a like a okay. Well, if Dynasty loses Arena and doesn't pick anybody up, do they have just as much of a chance to win a tournament next year as they did with Arena? Well, you could. That's not a black and white argument, but I don't think you. You know, it's like I've been trying to tell my uh, three year old son that there's a difference between needs and wants because <laughs> they'd be like, "I need a, sna- I need a nap." I need a snack, a snack. Yeah. And I'm like, no, son, you want a snack. You do not need a snack. You just had lunch. You want a snack. Mm-hmm. You do not need it. Mm-hmm. You need to drink water. You need to breathe air. You do not need this. You want it. So um, now you could argue that that, uh, that there is a bit of a need because the need would be that you have to have a young lion pressing the old lions. This mm-hmm. is the way of evolution. Yeah. This is the way of all sports. This is just, it's everything. It's literally everything that exists on earth in an institution has to have a young lion pressing an old lion. Um, it brings out the best in both. It's part of the symbiotic nature of the, the way things work. So the counter argument to that would be like, yeah, you, you need another young lion to put the pressure on. Now you do have Harrison Fry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that you have Harrison Fry, who's had some good looks in there. He hasn't mm-hmm. got a shit ton of playtime. 
Um, but he has proven himself to be a pretty elite attacker when he's on, mm-hmm. uh, and he's and he still also seem you know at least from what we saw before he got on Dynasty, he was still kept getting better. I mean, even so much that Infamous was trying to you know bend over backwards to try to keep him on the team before you guys picked him up. And and, um, and he got the starting nod. I mean, he's, you know, he he and Mikey were swapping points in Philly, uh, and then he started in Chicago, um, and he wants to play the Snake. He's like, I want to play over there, like which is awesome. And just as a, as a note to everybody who's up and coming, for those of you guys who are going to tryouts and going to practice this weekend and next weekend and getting ready to gear up for the, for the next season, throw yourself in the snake because you might be the guy, whether you like it or not, because everybody needs snake guys. It's the most coveted position. It is. It is. And if you're good at it, you're getting offers for 100K every single year at the top level like Mouse is. And you're yeah, getting if you're, you're the next deals. Mouse, there are enough dudes out there that, that need a – you need a badass snake player that, yeah, that's the most coveted position in paintball. Um, so, yeah, it, it's like, uh, you know, again, whatever you want to call it, which whatever your sports metaphor is, but, I mean, it, it is a premier position. It's the quarterback. It's it's not a quarterback in the way the position's played, but as far as the money put towards it, it's the it, because the quarterback in football is the person that dictates whatever whatever else is happening. You obviously you got your running back who gets the ball a lot, and then you got your quarterback, and then you got receivers. They're the ones that score the points. So those are premier positions. The quarterback hands it off to the running back. The quarterback throws it to the receivers and the tight ends, and they're going to get paid the lion's share of the money because right. if they're not good, then we're not good. If you don't have an elite snake one in pro paintball, you are never going to win a tournament, and it's not even going to be close. If you don't have a really good snake one, you're probably never going to be playing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have two of them, you need at least two. You know, you yeah. need to have like two really, really good guys in the snake. So yeah, dude, as a advice to anyone that's coming up the, in the game, even if you're six foot tall, because Mouse is not is not small. But, right. Uh, if you and that is my like. No, Mikey's a beast too. You know, mm-hmm. those are big dudes. And he won a gold. He won a golden barrel this year too. Don't forget yeah, that you know, in that's Texas. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't have to be a tiny little dude to play the snake. You don't have to be five eight, whatever. You don't have to be like whatever five six one twenty five to play the snake. You can be six foot six one, two hundred pounds, and and a beast, and and be the, the one in the snake. Harrison Fight also not not small. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a couple other guys that have played well in the snake. They don't get in there all the time off the break. Nick Laval, he's super tall. He's, yeah. You know, he's 6'2", 6'3". Uh, Tyler Harmon, also 6'2", 6'3". You know, so you do not have to be a tiny dude uh, to, to play in the snake. And it is the most important position on the field because what happens to that snake one, just like what happens to the quarterback, what does the pitcher do? You know, the reason why pitchers get paid a premium is that every single pitch starts with the pitcher throwing the ball. Everything else happens around that. Mm-hmm. So if he does that really well, well, then we do really well. If the snake one's really good, we do really well. If the quarterback's really good, we do really well. That is the prime mover. You know, that's the prime mover in this situation. So the prime mover on a paintball field, typically, 99% of the time is going to be what's happening to the snake one. You know, everything else has to, what you do, what the D side does, typically, it all revolves around, do we have the snake or do we not? And where are we in the snake? And what is that guy doing? So, yeah, you can't overstate the importance of the snake one, which mm-hmm. is, again is why when the market does its thing and we're dishing out money from rich <laughs> yeah. teams that own payball tournaments, who gets the lion's share of the money? Now, that occasionally guy, yeah. you have a Dalton, you know, who's proven himself forever as the as a go-to attacker on the D side, and he will get a premium too. Um, but the D side players traditionally are going to get less than the snake side players. That's just kind of how it is, you know? 
Um, it's like typically you're going to have a left tackle on an O-line, you know, so it's like if I'm a right-handed quarterback and I got my blind side, okay, so I, 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 I get the ball and I come back on the offensive line, that left tackle is incredibly important because if, if, if I can't count on this dude to stop that rush, I can't see it. Mm-hmm. The one coming from the other side, not as important. So that dude's going to make more money because he's going to be our best dude. You know, so anyway, it's just one of those situations. Um, so what do you what do you think about the the uh, the the pro contracts public? Now I, I do want to uh, point this out from in the pits. This was this was an interesting one because I I love watching, especially right now with like how how NFL is, <clears throat> and and whenever you see a baseball contract, like they're all their contracts are public, which is cool. I wish that movie at like actors were the same way. I wish that, like every movie that they were in, it showed like which movie they were in, how much they got paid. It's kind of a cool little metric and thing to just like, you know, you wish upon something. But when you... Well, there, that's a little, the movie, like a, a lot of that stuff does become public knowledge. I mean, oh. You can go back and kind of look at, yeah, you can look at what people make for a movie. I remember it was kind of funny because, you know, I it came up middle class and got a job when I was 15 and a half the second I could get a, a worker's permit. Uh-huh. Um, but, but one of the jobs that I had when I was younger was uh, was more work, was managing, well, I started working as just chucking popcorn at a movie theater. Um, I remember that, and and uh, and then I ended up becoming a manager uh, really really quickly, um, and and I remember it was Jim Carrey was making like twenty million dollars for his film, and I was making at the time I think minimum wage was you know because it was like four twenty five, and then I got the bump to chief of staff, which was like the first manager I was four twenty five, yeah, like seventeen years old, but it was like I was making like five twenty five, and I'm counting out. Bro, like we would sit there when these big movies would happen, and I was making five dollars and I think maybe fifty cents an hour. And when the big movies would happen, and I'm counting out hundreds of thousands of dollars in a drop, you know, because it's the money comes in, a lot more cash back in the mid nineties. And I'm sitting there, and it was one of my jobs because I was good at it was to make sure we accurately count the money and write the money down. It takes two signatures; two people have to cut it. You wrap it up and you drop it in a safe. And, dude, the amount of money that we would count on a big weekend was insane. It was a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I'm making five fifty an hour. And I just remember thinking at the time, I'm 17 years old, and I'm like, I'm just giving Jim Carrey all this money, you know? Like, this <laughs> is just going in a big vault for Jim Carrey, you know, because he had to make $20 million, you know? And I'm not, and, and you know, as an older man now, understanding how the mark, how things actually fucking work in the world, it's right. like, well, guess what? You know, it's like everyone serves somebody. And the, the, the faster that you figure that out, the easier that life gets, you know? So even if you're Jim Carrey or Tom Cruise and you're on, you're the main dude in a movie. So everyone is there to serve you. Yeah. Every, literally everyone's there. The director is there to make you look good and make the scene go well. So you're, you're doing a stunt and you don't get hurt and all the stunt coordinators are there. And you know, you got all the extras and like everyone's there to make sure you nail that line in the movie. But why does everyone serve Tom Cruise? Because Tom Cruise serves the most important person of all and that's the consumer mm-hmm. you know because they're willing to put their money down their hard-earned money to watch this fantasy to be enlivened in their mind for a couple hours and get a little escapism or whatever it may be and so and he knows that and jim carrey knows that you know they've just talked about this you can find interviews where they talk about their process and like why they do the things they do and how it works and why they've been so successful for so long and so everyone serves somebody you know so it's like when you get that out of your mind and think everyone's there for you and you don't realize what who you actually serve. It's like it, you know that that kind of fucks things up, right? Um, 
So what do you think about putting contracts public? So with that, it's, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't have a dog in this fight. I, it would make my job a lot easier because, uh, you know, I hear what dudes are making and, you know, a lot of times people would be like, Oh, keep this quiet. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. resources type situation. But, um, but it's also, it's, it's just a small enough thing that it's, you know, I think we get, we've gotten used to these big money businesses where things are very transparent and it's like, you know, I mean, I, I would ask the same, I would ask the question to the dude that's asking that question. It's like, okay, what are, you know, I don't know what they are doing. Are you an electrician? Do you own your own business? Like, do you work for a university? What's your job? Do you want, or should we put on Facebook what you make every year? Right. You know, it's like, is that supposed to be transparent? You know, it's, it's like, it used to be. I know it's got a little bit more transparent in the, and this is, and this isn't, again, this is more of a philosophical, uh, political, not political, but more of an economical conversation as far as giving power to employees against employers. Um, you know, it, it, if, if, if there's more transparency in um, the mechanism of how people get paid, well, then more people can get paid easier uh, because then they're not going to get undervalued. There's more, again, the market comes into play a little bit more when things are transparent. It's not a mystery what a carrot costs when I go to the store. You know, it's like if I go get, a, go get a carrot at Trader Joe's and go buy a carrot at Vons, like Vons and Trader Joe's, the people that do their buying know exactly what all that costs. And they buy the, you know, and, and the costs are all the way down the list. I and mean, there's a price list. You know, it's like I got my, you know, tweaker notes about how well teams do. Well, they have their, you know, it's like, well, the wholesale price from, you know, from uh, Carrots R Us is uh, 43 cents. Carrots you know, R Us. A, a, a pound. But we can get them for 42 cents over here. You know, so, and that's, again, but that's not, it's not like, a, it's not something that's, you know, the pricing and how things are, um, again, longer conversation and, you know, we get, we have yeah, a little no, bit I know. for sure, but it's, it's, uh, it, again, it would, it's, for me having a bone in the fight, it'd yeah, make my job a lot easier. Um, It'd be a cool talking the, point for sure. Well, it would make the, the player's job a little bit easier too because I can't even count how many conversations I've had with dudes over the past 10 years where guys are like hey dude uh, so and so called me from this team but I have no idea what to ask for you know I have no clue you know, yeah like, and I mean obviously obviously for bargaining it's it's super important and that's that's helpful if it's kind of transparent you're like oh that's what that guy's getting oh great that's what this guy's getting wow but it's like there's no mandate there's no, no of course. real true mandate from the people that are because again, all these guys that every pro paintball team, if you're a pro paintball player, you are a hired gun for a rich guy. You're kind of a stand in for like a race car or a yacht or whatever else is super cool that they want to, you know, have their hands in that they love and they're passionate about. Or you're a poster boy for a company or a mixture of both. Like that's what pro paintball players are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, we also kind of have to keep in mind that as much as the, you know, standard dude on the street's going to be like, yeah, I want to know how much. I mean, let me just pick like a random dude. You know, right. what, is Carter Don- what does Carter Donaldson get from the ML Kings? You know, it's like at, at a certain point that is between Carter yeah. and the ML Kings. Yeah. You know, it's like why why do I deserve to know what Carter Donaldson is getting from the ML Kings? Well, like, it, a, it's not a, a deser- business relationship between yeah. no, Carter Donaldson and, I and get it. Gibbons. I get it. I get it. No, I know. But it, you know, it – and maybe, maybe it's just it, – well – I think some people are like, man, will it add some legis- legitimacy? Like, can I make it? Can I make it on what they're ma- the, mo- the money that they're making? Um, the answer is generally no. <laughs> no, yeah. I was like, okay, let's have that conversation. Yeah, yeah probably not, bro. Probably not. Probably not. Probably, not. Probably, not. Should probably go to school. 
you should probably either learn a trade or go to college and get a fucking job. And then with that, and then if that fits into your life, if PayPal fits into your life, then cool. Then you can do that. Just like in the history of all sports for fucking ever, you know, until it becomes a zeitgeist in the human mind, in our culture, until it becomes omnipresent, then you are not going to be getting in anywhere close to, let alone rich, a living. You know, it's like, it's, it's just, it's a bit of an ask from the world that bears no relationship to reality based on where we fucking currently are. That's the reality, dude. Uh-huh. You know? And, and, and listen to this. This is a great, this is a great question. Don't kill the messenger, but that's <laughs> just the reality. So same thing from, from in the pits from Christian. Uh, do you think that, and I've always thought like, we just kind of joked about it. Like, Hey, buy the, buy our team. You know, I always, I always joke about it as well, but do you think that, uh, if the contracts are made public that I'm sure that there are guys in here watching this show right now who could afford to, to float dynasty's entire budget, you know, or like, do you, so basically when they see a contract is like, Oh, it's only 200 grand to buy an entire team. You know, like maybe, maybe outside sponsors will get more interested. What if Nike's like, eh, paintball, I don't know. We're not going to waste our money. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. You can buy the entire league for a million bucks. You know, like, I mean, I, I don't, I really don't think that the Nike's aversion to sponsoring paintball has, I know I use Nike the, as an, as a, actual as complexity just... of the relationship between, and again, dude, I, I don't own a fucking team. Uh, you know, used to be a pro player for yeah. a long time. Had to, and I deal with this all the time, talking to people. But like, do you? Do, does anyone really, in their heart of hearts, think that that's what's keeping Nike out? No. Like, oh, it's because the complexity of the contractual relationship between the players and the team. No, that's not it. You know, like if anything has enough cultural momentum, people will fucking find a way to make it work. I mean, Jesus Christ! Again, Shohei Otani just made a seven hundred million dollar deal. We're talking fucking, you know, seven tenths of a billion dollars work. Because it works out for all parties. Mm-hmm. He's still rich. They get to spend more money on the players. The, the Dodgers are willing to forego that money. And then, who knows, maybe they'll fucking sell the team in 10 years. But it's like that, you know, it's, I, I'm not, I just, that's not why big, that's not why we're not getting outside sponsorship. We fucking shoot guns at each other playing war. That's kind and of That's probably the problem. You know, like, again, like, like it's, let's just deal with the, can we deal with the elephant in the room? There's an 800 pound gorilla in the room. <laughs> And the, and that eight hundred pound gorilla is looks like an assault rifle. Paintball. We're shooting guns at each other, playing war. We're never going to get away from that. That's the allure of the game, you know. So it's yeah. like some big name companies aren't going to in today's day and age in twenty twenty three with all this crazy anti gun bullshit, you know, going on in the world and justifiably so, depending on your outlook on things. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, it, it's probably the eight hundred pound gorilla. It's not the contractual relationship between Field One and Dynasty that's keeping Nike or or Red Bull, which I've heard from sources, refuse to touch any paintball with a ten foot pole because, because of we're guns. shooting guns at each other. Yeah. And yeah. what are we gonna do? Can Although we, that can... that mindset has changed slightly due to their involvement with video games, but still, and the owner's dad now, so. Yeah, but, but again, so, okay, but with video games, the, the economy of scale, when we're talking about billions and billions and billions of dollars and hundreds of millions of people, which is the numbers that play paintball, or sorry, that play video games, then you're going to, again, it's just as it's been proven, like, you, you can sit there with your corporate morality and that shit sure. goes to the side. You know, it's the same thing with the fact that you have all these corporations willing to go and play ball with China. 
You know, so like they'll say all this that they will about the United States, but when we go to China, okay, well, we're going to shelve our moral responsibility as a company because we want access to all of their humans, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, again, what are we talking about here, dude? Like, this is just, it's the, we play war shooting guns at each other. We can call them markers and we can wear bright jerseys all we want. We can, you know, have all these colorful terms for things, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we have we have to uh, we have to understand that and uh, and and move on from there. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and move and move and deal with the world as it actually lies and how it actually exists and what people are actually doing and what they're actually worried about. Yeah, and, and, and not the, just like you know have some sort of concept of some sort of utopia where you know none of that matters. Like, right, kind of and, and just so, just so people are clear, the gun actual physical gun companies don't want to sponsor uh, paintball either. For pretty much that exact same reason, right? It's uh, well, not the exact same reason, but the the it's just not it's not the same platform, so they don't need to. Okay, so we've forgotten about this, but I'm going to remind everybody. This is important. PayPal was was people used to try to make PayPal illegal. When I was coming up as a teenager in the early '90s, early to mid '90s, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was con- and I met people like Jessica Sparks. Like Jessica Sparks, God bless Jessica Sparks. But she was a lawyer who was a paintball fanatic and loved the game of paintball. And she was would go in front of courts mm-hmm. to make sure that this game was legal. It's still illegal in a lot of places in the yeah. world. I played in Japan at the first legal tournament that existed in Japan in, 2020, uh, in 2002. I was there for two weeks. It was awesome. What a great experience. You know, great stories. Got a lot of fun stories from that. But uh, but PayPal, you know, is still quasi illegal in a lot of places because of what it actually is. Yeah. You know, and I think that we're we're so used to you know looking at it the way we've looked at it. A lot of guys have grown up with this just being a thing in their life. You know, where it's like, oh well, it's just and it's it, this is not a thing in a lot of other places. It's it's still rough around the edges. I mean, I got detained in Tahiti one time because I had guns in my in my uh uh in my bags and they were just paintball guns and i'm sitting there for 45 minutes while i'm being read the riot act and told and being told i'm gonna go to jail yeah i know you've had these experiences before so i'm in paradise i'm in tahiti i'm at the airport there's a dude with neck tattoos the size of a mountain looks like maui from uh yeah yeah moana you know if you don't have kids you don't know yet yeah Yeah. (laughs) if you don't have kids you probably haven't seen moana but it's a pretty dope movie anyway so yeah so like you know, I'm literally sitting there with, with, with Maui, you know, from Moana, and he's telling me I'm going to go to jail and get arrested. I'm, I'm trying to import illegal firearms into his, uh, and I used to, I'm sure, I don't know, you, you used to do this back in the day, but I used to keep a couple magazines with me in the magazine, uh-huh. you know, so I'd keep those in my bag in case situations like this would pop up because they have propped up over the years. And so I would, you know, I showed him the magazines. I'm like, dude, I'm a professional paintball player. I'm here to teach a clinic. These are just paintball guns. They're not real firearms. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm just sitting there, again, being read the Riot Act for a while, for a long time, dude. I was there for, I mean, not super long, but it was probably like, I don't know, 45 minutes, maybe yeah. longer. Yeah. And uh, and I know I know you've been in this situation before, too. And then so finally, I, there's a knock on the door, and this dude, Frank, who was the dude that sponsored the clinic, pops his head in, speaks French to the dude, and... Uh, next thing I know, I'm being let out with all my stuff and everything's fine. And I have no idea how it all got fine after that. But and that's so it's like we this is still it's still an outlaw thing, man. Boys, this is guys. This is still an outlaw thing. OK, like we're not there yet. 
we got to get it there. We've been trying, all of us collectively here, the hashtag grow paintball thing. Okay, well, the guy's trying to grow paintball. We've been doing this for a long fucking time and we need help, you know? So it's like, that's why I love where we're at now. It's a different part of the conversation, but we let's not get it twisted here, okay? We're still doing a thing that there's a lot of places in the world that don't like it. There's a lot of people that don't like it. And it is what it is, dude. So is let's not get is. ahead of ourselves. Dude. Yeah. But anyway, at the so, same time, so though. The, so, so with the contract thing, like, dude, that's, again, how we get, how's that, how's that, okay, how's that enforced? You know, like, again, it's, right. if you have a, if you have a, um, a we can't even like force a, contracts as is. Yeah. Oh, well, so that's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, sure, dude. Again, in our utopia, uh, it would be great. I would, again, it would make my job a lot easier and it would make paintball a lot more interesting if, if, if all that was transparent, but it is not, there is no, you know, there's no fiduciary responsibility for a guy that's willing to pay a dude in whatever way he's going to pay him, whether it's through guns, products, is it a write-off for his company? Is he a 1099 employee? Like there's no responsibility for that institution, um, to have to, you know, clarify that and make that public in this, you know, little small corner of the pro paintball or sorry in the pro sports world that is pro paintball so like yeah that would be sweet and i would love for that to happen i just don't think that that's any way shape or form a reality that makes any sense for the people that are actually paying that money Uh because you have to convince them to do that um because there's no other mechanism to force them to do it and so i try to live in the world of solvable reality and to me that's not really like a solvable reality like it's not something i can solve i can't take that and be like yeah you should really tell everyone what you're paying everybody it's like well that does that puts them at a disadvantage you know because then you know potentially um you know so but but yeah from like a principle standpoint i think it would be great this doesn't make any sense in reality it just doesn't make any sense yeah and and i mean at the end of the day like we don't even really have contracts that are that are uh, able to be upheld really to be completely honest and and most people are just handshake deals um yeah, so I don't know. It's it's uh, we're a long ways away, but there is a bubble, okay, um, and it's one of those things that there are big spot. We're on the we're on the radar, yes. right? But again, it's so it's so touchy of a subject that it's one of those things that if you're a marketing person or if you're a PR firm or whatever, whoever's handling the money for let's call it like Coca-Cola and Fritos and, and, and downy ditch detergent or soap, whatever laundry detergent. And you're like, eh, it could work. Right. But what you don't want to do, there's two things you don't want to do. You don't want to be the, you don't want to be the first one in and have it fail. And you don't want to be the last one in after everybody else is succeeding. So everybody's just sitting there going, We'll just keep it over there. And there's also like MLP Major League Paintball, which, you know, a, a lot of you guys are now following, um, who's putting out more and more content and, you know, the ball's rolling there. They need more of a following. This is like, that is the biggest, that's the biggest part of paintball. This is the biggest league in paintball. So, you know, everybody who plays an event and whinges at pe- spending 60 bucks to get an ID card, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're ripping me off. And you get, but you get like $50 in perks and then also $50,000 or whatever it is and 10, 20, whatever the spot insurance is insurance. Yeah. You get all these perks, but what you're also doing, which a lot of people don't understand. And then the same personal whinge about growing paintball is you're entering yourself into a database that is now a quantifiable metric on, on now a pitch deck somewhere to say, Hey, 
someone, a potential sponsor, here's our here's our 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 player list, our our player base. We got tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or how many ever players we are. Here's the people that you can market behind. Here's their ages. Here's where the location is geographically. Yeah. So this is all important metrics that we can use eventually to hopefully. Let me tell you an anecdote from my life. So (laughs) when um, back in the Paintball Access and PSP days, uh, when, you know, Chris Braille's entity was working, you know, again, this is a, it was becoming symbiotic in the sense that it made sense for everybody. And there was little antagonism at the time. Um, So we had, uh, you know, Paintball Access, which is what Go Sports is now. And then you have the PSP, which is what the NXL is now. And then you have, you know, Chris Rail uh, and and his database, essentially, of all the players that play all these tournaments. And so we had put together, you know, so through some connections, shout out to Dan Napoli. I got a meeting with Kevin Lyman, who ran the Warp Tour. So this is a guy that's used to going and talking to big name, cutting edge brands, you know, the Vanses of the world. And, you know, the, the, you know to sponsor the Warp Tour back in the day was also, you know, you dude, you're sponsoring like, you know, the punk rock format revolution type, you know, music tour, right? Um, even though it became kind of a benign, fun teenage fucking romp, but whatever. But anyway, so I sat in front of Kevin Lyman and I had brought him a presentation and was like, we have the media arm, we have the organizational and arm that throws the tournaments. And then we also have the, you know, the, you know, the logistics. And then we also have the, the register and the database um, to prove all of this based on years of extrapolating data, you know, based on participation. Did you show them that note yeah, type I, of notepad? What's up? Were you, did you show them? Was that the notepad? Like the type of oh, notepad? No, like, hey, look what I got. I've got all these notes it here. It wasn't that. No, I mean, it was like a presentation. Drove up to LA, had a meeting at his office. He sat down with me for a while and we discussed it. And he looked at this and he was like, you know, this is something that I could probably get behind. Uh, and and uh, and try to sell this to you know to 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 the world, um, but it just happens to it happened to coincide with when things started to fall apart, um, right? You know because paintball it is kind of in some ways like the Ouroboros, the snake that eats its own tail, and you know so that's when it so it just it didn't work out because things changed at that point in time, um, you know so so yeah what you're saying is that you know, you know paintball as a gigantic institution worldwide where you do have all these people all colors that's why i love the game all colors and creeds all religions you know all shapes and sizes i mean it it really is a unifying thing uh that people do play all around the world and there there's a giant force of us i used to kind of joke that it was kind of like fight club you know i don't know some people might have not seen that movie but it's like i mean i've been you know and just in a in a weird situation and have some crazy stories where it's like you just drop paintball in the conversation. People are like, oh shit, paintball? Yeah, my cousin plays or my brother's. Yeah, you know, yeah, plays yeah. Everybody plays. Everybody's everybody's on there. So anyway, but the, but it, but again, it's it is also kind of like Fight Club in the sense that again, we're playing war, shooting guns at each other. Like mm-hmm. this is just not nothing. We can't get away from that. It's literally right. the core of the fucking game. You know. So, but again, so it's but the more and this is why it's like okay, you can we can hate on you know people use. People have, you know, it's, it, this is, again, the Ouroboros. Google that shit, dude. It's the snake that eats its own tail. You know, we've constantly had over time, like, paintball just in, in, internally can't seem to get along. You know, you constantly have struggle and strife between 
the organizational bodies. Now, it's better than it's ever been. This is why, you know, ever having fought this war, I've been fighting on the front of this war for a long period of time. <laughs> and, I fought, and I fought for all the kings and all the generals. You know, there's no general or king I haven't fought for in this environment. And, and I've seen it all go south many times. Um, but it, you know, so it's, if you, you know, you go back, it's the original MPPL, which took over from Jim Lively. And then, you know, that got twisted. So then, you know, then you had the rift between the NXL and the PSP and then in, and that, and the television stuff in the early two thousands and the invention of X-Ball, the current format we play. And then you have the bringing back of seven man at the same time and pure promotions, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, I could talk for fucking hours about this. You know, I've been there for all that. I saw all that from the front lines the mm-hmm. whole time, you know? So, and my advice after having gone through all those wars is like, let's not be the snake that eats its own tail. You know, if, if paintball can unite behind something we all believe in and it's good enough, nothing's ever going to be fucking perfect, dude. We've like, been over that a million be times. Enough. Uh-huh. Uh, there's always room for improvement, of course, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like with paintball, the way I look at it, the way I've looked at all these different things I've been involved in and shows and t- teams and leagues, it's like, dude, I don't like, I didn't come from money, so I don't have, you know, millions and millions of dollars to, to potentially light on fire. So I've had to become over time, really good at what I do and very pragmatic because it's like, here is the battle. Okay. Who do we have supporting us for this battle? What are we trying to accomplish? All right, well, let's try to do this the best we can, you know? Right. And which is what, which is preface, you preface that, you preface that in the very beginning. Oh, you still there? Yeah. Oh, Kyle's calling in. But you preface that, I think him and Mouse are, uh, him and Mouse might be watching right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring him in here. Oh, wait, hold on. I got, I got to add him. Um, uh, you preface that in the beginning, right? And this is beautiful that it kind of like it brought itself all the way back around to this, right? Is you said, be really good at doing that. You know, like you've got to develop a skill set because you did play professional paintball and you, you, you parlayed that and transitioned it into what you're doing right now. So you were on the front lines, not just as, you know, someone who played some paintball, but somebody who played at, the, at a highly, highly competitive level and won world championships, on multiple different formats and and came through all those formats. So obviously, and I don't think there's any question to that, but what's really important is you had other skill sets that you really uh, uh, honed and made sure that you knew what you were doing. Well, dude, we live in a meritocracy. You, you, we can, you can dance around this all you want, but at the end of the day, the world is asking you a question. And the question is, what can you do for me? You know, like, what can you do for me? Mm-hmm. Like, can you fix my car? Can you fix my plumbing? Can you build me a fence? Can you build a company? Can you build a product? Mm-hmm. What can you do? What do you do? What do you do? You know, like, so, and framework of what we have in here. Oh, damn, look at that paradise. <laughs> What's up, baller? There they are. House is over here somewhere. House. Have you guys been watching the show? The show? Uh, a little bit. Well, and again, guys, as we've been we were talking watching, about, we were watching earlier, um, and then we were like setting up. 
Well, hey, just want to let everyone know, forget about everything we said. When you're really good at paintball, you get to go to fucking Bali and ball out like I buy a pool and shit. You know what I'm saying? Look like a Greek god. Take your shirt off, Mouse, and see it. Yeah, <laughs> let's see this, it. Look at this leg tattoo, too. Damn, son. Look at that shit. That's epic, bro. How long did that take? Dude, that looks painful, man. He did a three-day... Oh, fuck. Did I you... can't even stand straight. Dude, is it Pull. swollen? Uh, it was a lot more. It's going to get skinnier, which is unfortunate, but uh, 10 hours a day, three days in a row. God, hey, God bless you, man. How high up does it go? No joke. How high up does that thing go? It's dedication, dude. Oh, I you... thought at one point, because you know how nerves, sometimes you think it's hitting a different spot. I, <laughs> I don't mean... know what we can say on here, but I really thought that it hit my testicles. <laughs> okay, it stops up there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if it went all the way up and around into the hole. That is very close to the uh, testicles right there, brother. Yeah, I mean, I was grabbing my stuff just to make sure. I would have been too. I would have tried to stop it. Just take that shit down, bro. Like, hey, don't get near my balls with the needle, okay? It's like, yeah. uh, kind of need those things. It was an awesome uh, mental challenge, though, to get through, man. Oof. Dude, that's... Especially on the inside of that thigh, yeah? That's oh, nice. my gosh. I was in so much pain. But he's about to go back for more. Yeah. Are you going to do the rest of it? I'm going to do my back. Oh! <laughs> so, um... When in Bali. Yeah, when in Bali. Off-season, dude. Off-season. Yeah. We were talking about you uh, yeah. uh, uh, tonight a little bit. Tell me, what... Are you going to have it match your current tattoo? Like, that... I, I looked at that guy's it'll stuff, be, and it's pretty be, gnarly. Yeah, it'll be a different theme. It's okay. Like a, I got, like, a pretty woman that's going to be on my back. Okay. Anybody you know? Yeah, Julia Roberts. <laughs> Julia, Julia Roberts. No actual like purpose or reason to it. It's just gonna be amazing artwork. So. Yeah, that guy's pretty. He's only 19 years old. So he just got his first tattoo last year. <laughs> I don't even think he has any actually. <laughs> yeah, he's 19. Here's a funny story actually about the whole thing. Yeah. So the tattoo shop I found on Instagram. And uh, I found, like, the most famous artist on there. He's got, like, a couple hundred thousand followers. I saw his artwork. I'm like, God, I got to make a trip out here. You know, aside from Bali being one of the most beautiful places. But I DM the guy. He responds, which I was surprised because I'm thinking this guy's just getting flooded with, you know, people contacting him about trying to reserve a spot for tattoos. He responds. Kyle just did a cannonball in the pool. <laughs> um, and he tells me what days he's available which is like six months in advance so you know I kind of just went on a whim I'm like let's do this so I had to give him two grand up front on a, on a bank transfer somehow you know my dad finds out through my mom because my mom doesn't really care if I get tattoos but my dad he's really old school he's so against it so my mom tells him about it my dad somehow does the research on my instagram finds the artist messages him emails him and then eventually gets his number and calls him says my son's not coming on this trip cancel his reservation for the tattoo it's done so the guy cuts me off doesn't let me have my spot anymore to get tattooed by him <laughs> So then I DM the guy, like, is this for real? I wish you would have contacted me to, you know, yeah. make sure this was legitimate. He's like, yeah, but your dad spoke for you. I'm like, in business, that's not how it works. The guy that paid you, you should talk to him probably, right? So I well, asked, you're coming from a patriarchal Yeah, society, uh, Yeah, bro. it's a little different. 
for sure, yeah. for sure. So then uh, I ask him, I go, so what do you recommend? Should I go to another shop for this or do you have another artist? He goes, well, my younger brother, he's gotten really good if you want to book with him. So I went to his Instagram. I mean, he's only got like a thousand followers, but I start seeing his work and I go, you know, maybe there's a lesson here. Yeah, just, uh, just go with it. So yeah, I was like, just book me. Let's do this. Nice. So I, I get out there and no, nothing against that original artist I was supposed to go with, but I actually really like this guy a lot more. He's yeah, a lot more amazing. humble. Yeah, it seemed like he puts like his actual heart into the work, and uh, the other guy just kind of came in with an ego when I first saw him at the tattoo shop, and I'm just like, did you get the two thousand dollars back? No, no, it went towards my work. Okay, so, okay, he just transferred yeah, to his brother. Yeah, yeah, it all worked out. Uh, well, hey, I'll I'll tell you what this and and, yeah. and straight up, I I just mentioned it here. I go, this is probably the most you've ever talked. This is the most I think I've ever talked. You've heard you talk, and uh, I think that there's something you've there's some there's a lesson you've learned in Bali. Either that, or you're just in so much pain, you're delirious for the last thirty hours of getting tattooed that you're like, I just need to talk to somebody. <laughs> uh, maybe there's just there's growing pains on this trip. Yeah, yeah. You guys enjoying it? How is it out there? It's been beautiful, man. Kyle's done a really good job being the tour guide because he's you know second time here, so he's shown me so much. It's Dude, awesome. Bali's epic, Maddie. That's one place you it's, you have not been, right? I think we're actually gonna, we're gonna go up and see Oliver later too. Ryan knows how much I hate the travel. Yeah, <laughs> seventeen hours to Singapore, then another two and a half here. I feel like I for sure need to come back next year. So yes, dude, we got him. <clears throat> we got him traveling. Mouse, what's the um? There's like a big, like a kind of like a Greek philosopher face in the inner part of your thigh. What's the theme of the of the of the work? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask because I don't really know. It's it, the, the guy. The guy is heavy on and Maddie. I'll, I'll forward you his, or you can see it on Mouse's uh, story. So it's a lot of yeah. it's a lot of like uh, gods and de- demons, like underworld and overworld. Um themes in his thing like a lot of it's it's pretty pretty uh cryptic stuff that the guy has but incredible artwork (laughs) i kind of just i gave him a picture at a time and i told him i kind of wanted you to piece it together almost like shattered glass Mm -hmm. you know just like a -a one-of-a-kind art piece and the kid was brilliant with it and put it together on an ipad and just mix matched all the art well, just in the future. Uh, yeah, I bought a book. Well, well, no, but it, it, there's a. It looks like just looking at it real quick as you kind of did the spin, and I and I you know looked yeah. at it when you posted it, it. But it's like yeah, okay. So from that side, it's almost like a. It's like the yin and the yang and the disparity between the human. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. Well, no, because you have so on that side that that's a classical like a like a Roman or a Greek even potentially Middle Eastern classical. Uh, art piece right there, something you would see on a marble sculpture if you went into a museum. A mu- the, and the word museum is, is beautiful because it basically may, means a place for the muses. And then if you flip it around on the other side, like flip it to that side, that's more of like a like a native. It's like an Incan, you know, but it's got yeah, the it's you know, got so the it's got the. Um, it, I thought that that had something to do with Jesus yeah. because it has the uh, the crown, the thorn crown on his head. It looks like yeah. Yeah, no, so it, it's just, uh, it's almost like the, you know, like the war that exists in every man's soul and the war that's existed in humanity for, since the dawn of time. 
you know it's a cool like duality of life piece i love it i, I when i looked at it i was like wow that's yeah. epic and so Thank however, you, however the theme ended up coming to life it's a really <laughs> nice piece mm. <laughs> that's awesome yeah thank you man uh, um, i can't wait to show you guys my next piece actually but it's a surprise so Woo. is it uh someone asked if it's a picture of of kyle's uh lot misconnection out in florida ariana grande <laughs> you blew it kyle you blew it yeah no. kyle's still waiting for that craigslist uh misconnection uh ping yeah. to hit to pop that notification on on, the, on that one on that one <laughs> Um, so have you guys been following? What was it? So what were you guys saying before we got on to? Uh, and, uh, about the- well, we were just talking about, you know, um, the value of great players. We talked a lot about, um, that, uh, the, the Ohani, uh, Odani. I don't know. I'm butchering his name from baseball. The baseball o- pitcher. Otani. 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 Oh, Um, the guy who just got paid $700 million from the Dodgers. Um, and, yeah. de- and he's deferring like, you know, 80% of it to 10 years from now. So that way they can spend more money to help him win. And his kind of thing is like, I've got money. I want to win. Um, so that's like basically what his statement has been. Um, so we're kind of talking a little bit about that. You know, obviously, obviously you guys play into that. You guys just picked up Cody Mikowski. So your team's getting a little bit better. I know, um, there's lots of stuff going on with, uh, with nothing incredibly prolific, on the on the movements yet obviously mouse you still have to make up your mind on what you're gonna do <laughs> <laughs> Always, right? <laughs> you'll know you'll know uh uh the the final weekend in february where he's practicing yeah. mouse, I, I heard uh 300k a year for three years dude that's what i heard is that the rumor is that the rumor i don't know dude uh no nothing like that but i did get a pretty hefty offer from the russians that yeah, I mean, I just, I, I didn't even entertain it, but it was pretty cool that offers are starting to, to really scale up there for paintball players. I mean, there's there's really opportunity now if you really commit yourself and, you know, they were talking about that too, that right player, that level of that position players. I mean, mm-hmm. You can really make something of it now in this sport. Pretty uh, cool. I mean, I, yeah. if you want the details, it was... 95 and he probably would have put 100k on it Fuck yeah the russians yeah. well good yeah, good good awesome. for good for you you know like obviously obviously you're you're the guy that could get that and we talked about that like quite a bit for like the last hour that's kind of what we've been dancing around is as is, is top guys in their spots especially specifically you um in the offers that you get year after year um and the decisions you have to make you know what what makes it enough what makes it like what's your game plan? You know what I mean? Like, do you, there's obviously a number. Everybody's got a number and it doesn't matter what anybody says. Like if you're like, Oh, never, I'd never play for you. I'm sorry. We said a million bucks. Yeah, I'm going, you know, like obviously there's a number, but you've got to think, you know, legacy is an, is an important thing. And I, and I think that that's something that like you've won a ton of paintball, right. And you've made a ton of money. You might be, you might be up there with one of the, one of the players that have cashed in the most, as far as contracts go. So, I mean, like, what is, what is your game plan? Because obviously, uh, and, and Maddie used Billy Bernacci as a parallel is like, did that, that guy's 30 something years old and he's still diving into the snake at first, every single point, you know? So like you still got some, you still got time. You had that little back injury, but you know, what do you think? Um, you know, at this point, <clears throat> the diesel 
thing has been a bit of a project on the start of it, but, uh, you know, I'm committed to this and I really want to seek it out and, uh, find some success, you know, whether it's making those consistent Sundays or finding a, a way to get a first place here. But, uh, I know that it would be truly, uh, a way more surreal feeling if I was a part of this team and, and won it with this group just because they haven't even touched that type of success yet in this game. And, you know, someone like Mark Johnson that owns the team, that guy's dedicated more than half his life into the sport and he's hasn't won much. And uh, you, you can see you know just how bad he wants it and when he's given us these speeches you know before and after matches and the stuff we've gone through this whole past year it really like eats at you and you just want to like show him that you know what he the opportunities given to players like Kyle and I that we are worth it and we are going to show you you know there's light at the end of this so it's it's really easy to be motivated right now because we haven't even came close to uh, the potential that we should be seeking here. Um, well, that's for sure. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe talk about picking up uh, Cody and how that fits in with you guys. So that's that, the that, new news that just broke. Great pickup. I mean, that kid, that guy is dedicated to this sport, and I think that's what the group needs is people that just truly want to be a part of the game 24-7. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that plays a role that's just a survivor, and that was one of our biggest problems this year was just having guys on the mm-hmm. field. And, you know, I'll take accountability for that. I'd more than half the time would just go into kill mode and find a paintball to hit me. But... Um, it's going to be guys like that that kind of started off for us that are just our rock, stays alive, he's on his gun, giving us that information. You know, and that's how guys like Kyle and I succeed is when there's a guy out there that just, in his mind, his priority is to survive, collect the information, and give it back. Now we can kind of paint the picture and put it together as a team. And we just, we haven't found that yet. And I think he might be one of those missing pieces that... We need. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, go, yeah. So, going back and watching, you know, watch all your guys' games, and it's just, yeah, survivability was a huge issue for you guys, but it also it was kind of one of those like the curse of the new All Star team, where everyone feels like they they got to do it. It's like if I'm not doing it, we ain't doing it. And yeah. so there's that, and then uh, you know, but you added, you know, he didn't get a ton of playing time on on X factor, but if you look at how good, like, so him and TJ Danner and then Tom Gass was in there as well too, but TJ Danner was, if was an elite this year, dude, like that dude was on fire. So that's like, it's really hard to sit a guy like TJ playing as well as he was having the moments that he was having when in low body situations, he was pulling off one on threes, you know, winning high bodies, helping dude, helping them win high body situations. So it's, it made sense for, you know, Cody who had proven that he can do that when he was doing that with infamous, and then goes and the TJ comes back, he's healthy. But when you look at how you guys played and when I was hearing the rumors of it, and then now it's public, and I'm like, yeah, man, that makes a lot of sense for AC Diesel because they don't have a lot of dudes that do that. You know, like there's, okay. there's no one that plays the role that Cody Minkowski plays on a paintball field that's currently on your roster. 
you know, so yeah, you can go after, you know, if you've got a ton of money, like if, you know, if Mark Johnson has the money, he's paying you and, and some of the other guys on the team. And again, God bless Mark Johnson and God bless you guys for raising that bar. Cause we do need dudes pushing the fucking radar or pushing the needle forward and being that tip of the spear, proving what's possible. But, uh, but you, yeah, when, but you, at a certain point in time, you can't just throw a bunch of ones and twos on, you know, at the league with as good as the teams, you know, as, as a team, like, you know, even X Factor, good as X Factor, good as Tampa Bay Damage, good as Dynasty. You can't just put a bunch, stack up a bunch of ones and twos, elite ones and twos, and think like, yeah, we're going to go out and murder all these legendary squads, you know, with all these attackers. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, just one thing that was on my mind as you were saying all that is like <clears throat> these games, especially on Sunday, it's like you got to have a lot of luck involved sometimes and. Even this last tournament at Cup, Dynasty is like, they lost like three players in like 10 seconds in that last point, and they easily should, probably should have just lost the match. But some luck was on their side, and they were able to pull that one out. They never caught that break. All, and I, I'm not making any excuses. If yeah. you're good enough, you play above it regardless. But we just never caught any of those breaks. I mean, it was just one heartbreak after another. It one really was, there. dude. It was like no, 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 well, I mean, you, look, the, to be honest, if you, again, it's different at Cup, but yeah, 15th at Cup. Cup's a bit of an anomaly the way that the 24 teams, how the seating or the placing ends up working yeah. out. But you guys are, you know, 12th, 13th, 8th, and 11th. That, if you're 12th and 11th, that means you're right on the cusp every time of making Sunday. You know, so it's just, you know, again, and, and this is something I, I said this, I said this in the Latin Saints form, to be honest, the second place was an anomaly for. A situation like this and then when diesel formed and kyle you know i have had this discussion off you know offline but it's it, it it's it, it does take time man it's so hard to get like a quote-unquote all-star team dialed enough to immediately be good it's it, it almost never happens it, it, and then how long does that take sometimes it takes you know and another thing it's like okay so when we formed the all-star team that was excessive we were playing 15 tournaments a year not five Right. So we, we went and railed off, you know, we had like a 14th at Huntington Beach, terrible, worst that all of us had ever done at a pro event. And then I think we took like an eighth or then a, and then a six or maybe, I can't remember if it was six in the second one, but then we had five second places in a row. But that's including seven man, X-Ball, Europe. It was, you know, we were playing paintball 15 events a year, you know, in some way, shape or form. You know, that's so, a good it, point. Yeah. Yeah. so it's just, that's what I'm saying with, with Diesel, like the, the, the the talent and the and the, the structure and all those things that are needed and now you guys are picking up Ryan Gray I think that's a good pickup for you guys and your leader I think Ryan could be really good for you guys I just I think that it's going to be a different year for you guys um, and I'm just kind of wondering obviously I know you guys agree but I'm kind of wondering the with the finer details of that I feel like a, Cody's a good mix that's kind of going to add to that for because you having an anchor in the back is you know again it's like well, I was talking earlier about how when we're talking about who gets paid good money, one of the most important positions in in, in, uh, in uh, football in the NFL is the backside tackle on the offensive line. 
because if I'm a right-handed, uh, I'm a right-handed uh, quarterback and I drop back, like it, it's hard to see what's coming from behind. Me, you know, so that and that's your left side tackle. The left tackle is is incredibly important. You know, so it, it's an unsung hero. But anyone that plays football or knows football knows that that guy is incredibly important because he protects the quarterback's blind side. You know, so it's having a that a guy like a Cody. Um, you know, and this is why Marcelo has thrived with Dynasty. And Ryan, you play this position occasionally, but not a ton because you're more of an attacker. But and then Yosh plays that position. He's played it very well past couple seasons. Like having a guy that can shoot a body on the break, control zones, great gunfighter, huge voice, close points out, doesn't die early. Like I just named off six or seven different key components of what you need to have that position and how important that guy is. Yeah, you know? totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, I think snake players is where it starts, you know, to build the team around. And uh, But you need all the pieces. So, you know, not to take away any credit from any other spot, but it, I was listening to your guys' sh- the show earlier, like you guys were saying. The momentum starts from the snake player. If he's not getting it done, yeah. you're in a world of trouble. It's Big the time. prime mover. You're the, pr- sure. you're, the, you're the prime mover. You're the first person that dictates what it's like we all came from our moms if my mom wasn't attracted to my dad i wouldn't be here and neither would none of you guys you know like that's they're the prime mover in your existence the snake one is the prime mover in the strategy of paintball on 99 of fields occasionally yeah. a d-style will be super strong too but it is very very rare the snake one is the he's the trendsetter the pace setter for the, the for all strategy that happens in the point 100 Mouse has got to run. Yeah. Already? Yeah. He's headed up. Uh, let's talk to here. Uber. I can catch the next show. Wait a minute. Are you going to get your tattoo right now? Yeah. yeah. He's leaving Uluwatu to go up to San Diego. Holy shit, bro. He had two days off, and now he's going back into the... Oh, back into the back into the dungeon, dude. Um, well, bravo on that tattoo. It's pretty sick. Um, good job on whatever you're doing out there. Also, you seem like uh, a different person, which is really cool. It's good to see. Very good growth for the Tigerwear brand because you need to be man in the front of the booth there. <laughs> Just hiding, yeah. For sure. Well, congrats, man, on all your success. Thanks, and, dude. Uh, yeah. All right. The show well, I'm gonna. I'm running a donation list here. I've only got 25 bucks so far on the show, but if I get another uh, 99,975 dollars, I'll hit you up with that 100k offer. <laughs> you got it. Man. All right, tight. Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah, that was good, dude. Sick. Oh, I should have yeah. asked him. I wanted to ask him because everybody else wants to ask about Blast Camp. What do you got? Shout, shout to him real quick. How does he think Blast Camp's going to do? Um, How do you think Blast Camp's going to do? Terrible. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, wait. Let me ask you. And I don't know this because I haven't had any chance to, to, to reach out to anybody on Blast Camp. But they – so, they purchased the NRG spot. But did they get any – did they acquire any of their players? Is NRG done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not sure on that one. I guess that's something that we should uh, look look into. Nick Janikowski, you might have yourself a deal, my man. We need a we need a player. We're looking for we're gonna need some players uh, at least for the Texas event. There's a good chance of playing time as well. Uh, 
Nick, shoot, you. D- D- DM me, uh, Nick. You can you can definitely buy my spot uh, out <laughs> while I'm having while I'm on uh, maternity leave, paternity leave, paternity leave. Um, hey, what are we talking about? Last camp? Yeah. So NRG, uh, okay, NRG merged with the Bears. So there's been mergers, there's been buyouts, but like whenever there's a uh, yeah, NRG is done. Says Tomcat. No NRG. Well, okay, but okay, I get it. Well, I heard they're going to have powered by energy on their jerseys. What does that mean? Okay, they're done. How many players come over? It's hard to have a conversation about it until we know that specifically. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, um,. Yeah, I mean, no, that's absolutely right. I'm just, I'm just getting some stuff from, from a handful of people here in the, in the peanut galley, uh, on, on what's going on exactly. Because, you know, whenever there's a merger, so if I take my team and I merge with another team, and they are both of our teams have <clears throat> ten guys on it, we're not starting with a roster of twenty. So there's, you know, stardust floating out there in the ether at this point, as, uh, as, as the uh, galaxies collide. Okay, well, again, if we look at... So, Energy had some talent on that squad. Um, Geiger, so Devin Stewart was on the squad. They picked up Devin Stewart. So, you know, where's Dev, what's Devin doing? Mm-hmm. That was the most experienced guy in the squad. They had Lewis Bencourt, who was the bowling ball for the ML Kings a couple years ago, helped put them on the map. And then you got Bowen uh, and Geiger... So that's a there's a decent amount of dudes that did some killing for Energy Elite. They made a couple Sundays. So what? I, who's still on the squad? Who's not? Where are those other guys going? I heard Geiger was a free agent, so maybe he's not going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the merging with the Bears. Bears had some talent. They lose Frank Anthony Tommaso. That's a big loss. They were the Bears were super disappointing this year, um, considering how well they did with Thunder. Yeah, the Bears took 17th. They took twentieth uh, place at Cup. I mean, they made Sunday, and then it was just really bad after that. 19th, 16th, 17th, and 20th. So, you know, who who are the Bears keeping? I don't know. It's, that's a story still that needs to be kind of clarified a bit because there's a lot of yeah. parts there talent-wise that we don't really know. It sounds like two players from NRG to the Bears. I mean, I could see Devin going over there. Well, for sure it's Austin, Austin Buckton and, and Ashton Buckton. Are gonna go for sure because they're the owner's son, so or sons. So they'll mm-hmm. go. So is that the only two, or who else are they taking? Because then you know, like Chewy Betancourt, he's pretty good. Didn't get a ton of playing time with them, but he showed that what he can do with the ML Kings. So that's worth somebody's time for sure uh, in the pro leagues. And then Geiger and Bowen and Devin Stewart. It's those. Where do they end up? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know so mm-hmm. yeah, and actually <clears throat> there was. <clears throat> There were rumors that uh, that the Ironmen were going to pick up two of the Revo players, um, and I don't know if that is going to come to fruition anymore. I do know that because uh, someone's talking about uh, um, Weaver getting Elliot Weaver, but uh, but I did get confirmation from Tom Four that Weaver has signed with with uh, with Revo again. <clears throat> yeah, and actually, I was hearing that Ironman was going to start throwing some money around. I thought uh, I thought Dynasty was going to pick up Weaver. What happened? Yeah, Revo. Yeah, we couldn't do it to Tom again. We couldn't grab both of his guys. <laughs> sure, we could. Sure, we could. Um, yeah, yeah I, we, we should. I think I heard a, a rumor of Iron, that Ironman's uh, throwing some money out there with offers. 
Well, yeah, they. I mean, they. You know, the Ironmen are literally in after Cup are in 19th place. They yeah. 22nd. Yeah, 22nd they need to. At World Cup. And 18th and 19th, the two tournaments before that, and 17th at the first tournament. They they have some work to do. So they need talent and they need a lot of training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did lose a couple of players already, um, but I don't know. I can I can get I can get a little Ironman lowdown. I, we got Nick Sloviak in the in the house, I think, still. But I'll, I'll be uh, I'll try to I'm, I'm gonna head over to I'm gonna be over at, uh, in their neck of the woods um, this week a little later, working on a project over there. So I will um, I'll see if I can get any scoops. Miramar? You mean uh, or Strips Ranch? Yeah. In their neck of the woods? <laughs> Bro, you live in their neck of the woods. What are you talking about? I mean, I, right now I'm in a garage in the studio. You know, it is not its own country, Ryan. Yeah. Pacific Beach. I know you got you and Snicker are like, oh, I've got Holy shit, that's Arizona. Yeah. But yeah, Las Vegas, basically. You guys, you two are ju- you guys are basically equal equidistance from me at this point. Santee, Bali, yeah, yeah. Scripps Ranch. It's like you know. It's nearly as hot over in Bali as it is in Santee right now. It's all it's all the same, you know, to me. <laughs> Dude, it's been so hot during the day here. It's like almost you gotta wait till like three, four to start doing stuff, and then it's still hot. Yeah, that's why a lot of stuff doesn't get done. <laughs> that makes, you know, sense. you know when you're when you're building up when you're building things. You know, it's it's funny. You're like, you people hate on like the third world countries, and they're like, man, just nothing gets done over there, and you're like. Dude, you try to get stuff done when every single day it's it's eighty five percent humidity and a hundred degrees. Like, see how see how your work day works when you're outside trying to build a, a house out of you know bricks and cement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that makes sense. And then and then at dawn and dusk, there's just a million mosquitoes that are just sticking malaria in you. You're like, all right, well, I guess we're good with a one story place. <laughs> I don't know. I've been to Florida and Atlanta and Texas. There's still a lot of things down there. You we're just that's like that's like several degrees of uh, of of longitude away from from the equator where Oh oh I'm well aware of where it is. I'm just saying the, the actual repercussions of the weather for a certain part of the year in those places is very gnarly because anyone that's been in Alabama when it's I don't know, 100 degrees and not and 85 percent humidity. Like, yeah, you don't want to do anything. So we got Caleb Abel in here. Uh, he says that Blast Camp will end higher in the season than fit. Quote me on that, dude. I'm writing that down, Caleb. I love that. I'm putting this on. I'm putting on the front of the notepad. Okay. Well, can we ask Caleb? Caleb. Okay. Yeah, he listen, I, He's here. I'm, I'm not even going to argue with you. I just would like your ev- evidence. What's the evidence? Considering that. Um, fit took first uh, every single time, five times in a row at every event for an entire season. And so, I'm, I'm, if they come into this year with the same exact rosters, what's your evidence that that is going to be the case? Uh, well, you're on the clock. <laughs> um, we need to get him to uh, message retracted. Uh, yeah, I'm writing that down. Brass camp overfit in 2024. Okay, if by World Cup, well, there will be some. I guess there's ways because of double double points, so we're gonna have to figure it out. But if you lose this bet when we're coming around the horn and we're having this conversation, 
that then in Las Vegas 2025, you have to take a Greyhound bus from from your home to the event. (laughs) (laughs) This will be a full season bet. That is actually, I believe, Verbal posted that. That was one of Verbal's uh, suggestions on that one. So we've got Caleb Abel, uh, Blast Camp overfit in 2024. Um, quote me on that. He's in there. And pro is different than semi-pro. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, um, and we got yeah, some, we got some is, people. Is, I, okay, pro's different than semi-pro. Is pro easier than semi-pro? No. <clears throat> Listen, pal. It's a lot harder. Just throwing it out there, dude. Look, I'm a, I, Blast Camp's pretty sweet. I, they've won some tournaments, dude. Like, if you go back, like, okay, we're all looking at 2023. Mm. But if you go back to 2022, I mean, Blast Camp was on fire. Blast Camp won three events in 2022. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They won the Mid Atlantic Major, they won the Lone Star, and they won Windy City, Blue Out Cup, 10th place. But, like, <clears throat> you know, Blast Camp's obviously pretty damn good if you're going to make the finals every single time when you're in semi pro. I just, you know, when if, but if you're going to sit there and make a declarative statement like, okay, Fit is going to do worse than Blast Camp overall in pro. I'm just wondering what your evidence is. Like, where? what evidence are you pointing towards? I'm willing to entertain your argument, but the last 12 months, every time that they fought each other, when it counted, deep into Sunday, it was fit. It took the win. Five times in a row. Like, that's not, you know, that's not once or twice. It's literally five times in a row, dude. Like, So are you taking that bet, Matty? Are you taking that bet? No, I'm not taking that. <laughs> Unless you give me some sort of other empirical evidence that makes sense where it would sway my opinion. Because I'm a realist and a pragmatist, so you have to give me an argument. Well, I'll listen to your argument, but I'm going to go off of my knowledge and my what I have seen in reality. And what I've seen in reality is that Fit beats Blast Camp mm-hmm. five times out of five, which is kind of a lot, dude. Like, if you were to put money on the odds of Fit beating Blast Camp five times in a row, I mean, dude, you'd have to get. It does play more paintball. That that. That's a lot, man. Um, Again, you're not, right. I'm not hating on Blast Camp at all. I'm just and don't get mad at the messenger. I'm just talking about what the actual metrics are, and that those are the actual. actual Check metrics. the notes. Check the notepad. Check the stats. Um, I would like to get that. That would be cool. Uh, actually, what would be cool is to get both. Um, uh, a player from Fit and a player from Blast Camp on at the same time to discuss each one of them discussing what so they're you need to get you need to get uh jackson jackson dad, i know i know we talked at the, yeah get jackson phrase dad i think oh Vir- virgil I think, I think it's virgil okay so, i'm sorry if i'm messing this up yep um but yeah get jackson phrase dad i think that was who it was yeah and then who was you know uh was john out there uh uh-huh, uh-huh. their chirper and then uh, i got my son yelling at me from the from the <coughs> It's also impressive. Sorry, go ahead, Matty. No, I'm just saying, and then get whoever's the biggest shit talker on PB Fit. I mean, it looks like Colt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> get them on. Both of them on and just have them go at it. Okay. It's also impressive that both of those teams, like, you know, I feel like the talk is always like kind of downplaying Blast Camp with this conversation a lot, but both of those teams super, you know, super consistent. Won all of their. Yeah. Sunday quarterfinals and semifinal matches every, every time, tournament, which is is way more than those five matches that we're talking about. You know, they got second place. Like to win all those and not have any like, you know, uh, error or like dealing with uh, 
penalties that may not have been deserved. They they fought. They both fought through that gauntlet for five minutes. Like it's pretty impressive for both of those teams. We're gonna yeah, work crazy. on. We're gonna work on getting both of them them in. I, I think it'd be light. I, I think it'd be great because they obviously have a rivalry. There's obviously they're gonna have. To, I mean, their rivalry is gonna be whatever going into the next one because it's not even gonna matter. Right, it's not even going to be a thing. Like that, that whole thing is not even going to be a thing. But there was certainly some, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty wild. What, uh, what everything was uh, that that went on with with them was was exciting. It's fun. It's good for paintball, right? That's what they want. We want. We need that. Um, so it's going to be a fun season between all of them. And and, and I, I mean, they're. Let let me ask you this: uh, Blast Camp and Fit or the. 2023 Ironman? That's a good question. Um, well, I think that from an athletic firepoint or a, an athletic standpoint in the sense of firepower, that the Ironman had... Because if you break them down position to position, if you look at their D side, their middle, the guys they have on that team, they went through you know pretty gnarly cut... I mean, they had a bunch of dudes that, that can play paintball, but I, I just think that when you go back and, um, and rewatch a lot of their their games, it's it's kind of a, a similar problem that Rachel was having, but worse is that uh, because they you know didn't finish nearly as high as Diesel did and didn't make a Sunday, though they you know twelfth was their highest placing, but they had a lot of instances where just guys just out there trying to do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh well, I'm on this team, and one they're trying to prove themselves, two. They're, some of them are a little bit new working with each other and and it's it was just difficult for them to, to get a cross field offensive push coherently on a regular basis when you, if you look at blast camp and paintball fit though definitely don't have as much firepower in the tank on paper as far as the talent level is concerned because you know most of those guys have never played pro before but they were better teams. So I, to be honest, I, I would probably take if they play, if if the if the twenty twenty three Ironman played both Blast Camp and Fit ten times, dude. There's a legit argument that Paintball Fit and Blast Camp would do very well against the twenty twenty three Ironman based on what we saw. Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think, Monty? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the stats. The stats are in. Um, well, guys, I've got a hard stop time of of six o'clock because I have to run out and buy a load of gifts. For um uh for the boys of girls club that need to be donated tomorrow morning or by tomorrow morning, <clears throat> um so we're gonna we're gonna have to stop it there. This is epic, though. I think this is ended up this is like one of our best shows. Um, obviously, I don't think that there's gonna be any other show that will get Mouse to talk that much like on his own. So that and the, that and the, it, he needs the endorphin rub of a tat, or a rush of a tattoo, bro. Yeah, yeah. We just need to get some ink in his blood before he uh, before he goes on. Um, uh, we had a long, we had a good heart to heart yesterday, so I think he was. And, and last week too, uh, I was trying to get him to talk, and he didn't want to. So I think he. <laughs> you, you, he, he, he was like, like he, for the better. Yeah, he was like, he gave you praise. He's like, Kyle has really uh, <laughs> helped me out here. Um, Maddie, great, great work, dude. Thank you very much for coming in and uh, and saving saving the show here. Um, Obviously, amazing having you on. Really cool. I think everybody's super stoked. Uh, drawing a lot of those parallels that we talked about. Um, I don't need to say that you said some incredible things and some really good, intriguing stuff out there. Maddie, what book should uh, is the number one book that someone should uh, read? Uh, 
right now. Ooh, there we go. Here we go. Um, Ooh. That was asked last time you were here, and I just didn't put it on the. I, I, I forgot about. Well, actually, one. there's a, a t- so many good ones, bro. I got amazing ones here. Um, let me grab a, a couple uh-huh. here. Uh, that one's good. That one's good. Uh huh. Uh-huh. This one's good. <laughs> uh, and then hold on. You brought like three over the other day. No, they're in my backpack. I can't reach them from here. I gotta go with different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were leaving them, and then you just put them right back in your backpack. <laughs> no, I annotated those, bro. If you want a book, I'll buy you one, but I'm not leaving you the book that I wrote in already. You can write it in yourself. Um, so I'm this just is, gonna uh, photocopy it and then staple it all together. So if you want like a, a crazy just adventure read that will blow your mind, and then probably a story you've never heard, uh, this would be an amazing one right here, and it's called A Land So, so Strange, The Epic Journey of Cabeza de Vaca. Uh, and this is the extraordinary tale of a shipwrecked Spaniard who walked across America in the 16th century. So that's the that the 15th. The man, the man, the the, the, the epic journey of the 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 cow's head. <laughs> yes, it, yes, exactly. It's kind of a crazy name, but but this is a true story, and it's you're not going to find like a more wild tale than this, and it's a pretty fun read. Um, if okay. you want something that's going to explain the world to you and make the world that this crazy world we live in make more sense, mm-hmm. I uh, advise you highly advise you to read this one. It's called The Righteous Mind: Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion by Jonathan Haidt. Uh, this one is, yeah, this one's next level, dude. Like, so much makes so much sense when you read this book. So, the, Jonathan Haidt's a psychologist. He went around the world, did a ton of different studies in different cultures. And he kind of breaks down what he calls his moral foundation theory, um, discussing why certain people are kind of predisposed to be right-leaning or left-leaning, and kind of why we're in the situation that we're in right now. Uh, so that one's pretty amazing. And then, Monty, can you not, can you hit, please hit that button? What are you doing, bro? Adventures of Baron Munchauser? Uh, no, no, not that one. Um, and then... Everybody, every I just want to make it clear, like everybody who was in the United States looked like us, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay, good. No, uh, yeah. I was pretty confident that I own this land. Yeah, there weren't a lot of uh, people with the last name of Greenspan or Marshall in 1492. Uh, I don't buy it, man. I don't buy it, Matt. I wouldn't, I don't buy it. Yeah. Does Matty approve of the Dynasty video? Right now. Uh, I'd add a couple more, but my son is being loud. No problem. I got a hold of him on my lap, or he's going to destroy my entire office. Okay, top TV show or top show that you're watching? Top. Top show? Yeah. Uh, the, they put the Pacific back on uh, online. Oh, go watch Greyhound. That's amazing. Oh, show. I saw that. The the movie yeah, Tom Greyhound Hanks. Is, that is such a. That's gnarly. You get, it's like, a new movie too that was off a book that just came out. Uh, like Leave the World or something. I, I forget what it's called. With uh, Julia Roberts. Just watch it's great. The Julia Roberts movie. And Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the cyber attack one. Yeah. Was it's it, great. Was it dope? That's one of the ones we were trying to watch here pretty soon. 
Dude, that's, that's yeah, that's um, I uh, I want to see that one. That one is uh, they're just they're basically sending us this is programming us to prepare for um, yeah, what's about to happen, to make it normalized. Yeah, Careful. that's not kind of how it works, but um, sure, that's one way to look at it. But just Dude. anyone that's do you still have your rice? Hey, here's a book. So people are like, oh, they're programming us to... No, that's fucking bullshit. Go read One Second After. That's a gnarly, gnarly book um, that written a little while ago. And that was not programming us to get ready for this, but it talks about uh, an EMP explosion and what the world would look like after that. You want a total mindfuck of like a post-apocalyptic scenario? Like, yeah, the road's crazy and there's a whole literary experience of all that stuff, but go and uh, check out um, One Second After. That's gnarly. Okay. One second after. Okay, that one's that one's gonna be the top. That's gonna be the, that's gonna be the top dog. I'm uh I'm currently that's listening. I'm I'm currently listening to the Elon uh uh book right now. I'm trying to figure out why everybody hates me so much for for uh um, driving a Tesla. How dare you? <laughs> How, How dare you? You you elitist Californian. You ca- I am just a I am just a rich Californian living in a garage filled with mosquitoes. I can't believe it, but thank you guys all for tuning in. Um, uh, this is great. This is a great show. I'm gonna go. Speaking of it, of of uh, rich elitist stuff, I'm gonna go donate a bunch of the money that you guys helped us raise. Um, so prizes, there's still uh, there's still raffle tickets available on DynastyPaintball.com. Uh, you can take out. You can check out the little children's holiday charity drive. All proceeds are going to. Uh, be split between I'm obviously going to be spending some of the money tonight because we have to get gifts to the boys and girls club by tomorrow morning so um, check out dynastypaintball.com pick up a raffle ticket you can win some cool prizes obviously lots of hormesis bands uh, Fragy head uh, Fragy jersey Greenspan jersey we got some project paintball stuff some Gen X uh, global gifts and giveaways we've got these special collab bands I think a lot of you guys saw these and thought they were killer they got dragons they got tigers tiger wear uh, seven uh, uh, one three threads so again uh, really really want to thank everybody for tuning in and supporting the show supporting uh, go sports supporting major league paintball and uh, all of the other paintball uh, uh, bits of commentary and programming up oh, kyle's back his power keeps going in and out um and yeah man just uh just keep supporting paintball you just watch it just like it just share it do whatever you guys can and uh we'll keep providing content as much as we possibly can for you guys and getting on there also for those of you who are interested in jumping in on the dynasty champions club memberships are going to be opening tonight for those of you who are currently in the dynasty champions club and getting epic gifts sent to your door every single month um We've got some killer stuff. I think it's actually shipping soon. We've got an Intel session for Champs Club tomorrow. Maybe we should get you on one of those Intel sessions, Manny, one day. Yeah, get me in there. It's fun. Let's do it. Um, every month, you get a, uh, a gift sent to... I haven't even opened uh, this month's. Uh, your your door. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and it arrives. Dynasty Beanie. We've got a Dynasty Keychain. And uh, a special custom Champs Club Dynasty Sublimated shirt. Oh, almost got that mosquito. Uh, hoodie. So every month we send you guys a gift pack. Um, 
And uh, thank you guys for your support. We also do Intel sessions, big giveaways, giveaways on every single Intel session, specials, deals, private groups, VIP experiences. It's all up on the website. Check out DynastyPaintball.com. And we will see you next Tuesday. That's when we're going to be doing the drawing for all of the, uh, the goodies from the raffle. So uh, thank you guys for all that. And uh, thanks, Matt.